Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. 50% of all lifetime mental illness begins at the age of 14, 75% by the age of 24. You got something going on. You need to reach out to somebody, maybe a neutral third party, markwelltherapy.com. Dr. David Markwell and his therapists uh, do an amazing job there at Ridgeline Counseling. Markwelltherapy.com. They can do it virtually. You can stop by one of their three Georgia locations, East Cobb, Marietta near the square, or McKaysville, right outside of Blue Ridge. Again, markwelltherapy.com. Who's Tony? You're going to have to find out for yourself when you go into the Norcross showroom for UCI Kitchen and Bath. Maybe you're looking at a little reno project to start the new year. They've been Atlanta's number one cabinet, granite, and quartz fabricator and installer for the past 20 years. You're mentioning the BS. You're getting 10% off your regularly priced countertop. UCIGranite.com. That's the website. Do some shopping online, you tech nerd. But when you go into the showroom, uh, make sure you ask for Tony. Tell him Jason said hi. True story. Uh, one of our most popular guests uh, is Mad Doug Manny Aurora, the Aurora Law Firm. Uh, that's no joke. You guys love him. I love him. If you have any questions for him when he pops in on the show, you can go to podcastthebs.com. There's a whole section set up. You can ask us on social media, or you can leave a message on our hotline, 404-369-3825, possibly get a one-on-one. -on -one. Specializing in criminal law, located in Atlanta, but practices nationwide, theauroralawfirm.com, theauroralawfirm.com. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. After all these years in the radio business, Jason Bailey is finally unfiltered. I don't know what you want. With his bestest buddy and producer, all the way from Mexico, it's Nate, dude. Sit back, enjoy. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense. Are a very particular set of skills. You will love it. Why? Because I'm Jason's neighbor. I'm old man Kevin. <laughs> and by God, this is the BS. All right, here it is. Episode 122 of the BS. Remember, the BS three times a week now in this new year of 2023. Thanks for being yeah, my name's Jason Bailey in the Golden Scissor Studio, all brought to us by Gorenstein and Watkins. So if you're looking for a trial litigation attorney that deals in personal injury, wrongful death, contracts, transactions, landlord, tenant disputes, you name it, Gorenstein and Watkins gotcha. GWTrial.com, 470-491-0808. There in Playa del Carmen, Mexico, it's the Native Tater Vader Masturbator. What's going on? Hola, how y'all doing? Good, and <laughs> with me in the studio, the oh so what did I what did I, I came up with something in my head now I forgot it. It was <laughs> it was the oh so something salacious vivacious Nikki D. Oh wow, you had upped it up a notch, huh? Yeah, it it, it just kind of rolled it well rolled off the tongue. I can't even think about it. <laughs> but, but but I knew I threw in salacious. <laughs> salacious and vivacious and vivacious so Ooh. i think i might just but see i i wanted to throw in something with intelligence so it might have been intelligent salacious vivacious it didn't rhyme you know salacious is obviously sexy right vivacious is upbeat and perky right so i'm trying to describe you in three words i want to put intelligent in there as well i like that va va vu 
Va va vu. <laughs> that could be that could be your new gimmick. Va va vu. Uh, and Brandon might be joining us. Allegedly, his power is out, which is always amazing that his power goes out just minutes before we record on certain days. Heavy so. on the alleged. <laughs> yeah, heavy, he- heavy, <laughs> heavy on that alleged. <laughs> Uh, so why do years end well, but start bad? Have you ever noticed that? Like every time, you know, if we go back to the, the radio show days, I, like I remember one year, it was uh, it just a run on the death of musicians. It was like Scott Weiland, Chris Cornell. And it was like in the first six months of the year or three, four months of the year. I don't, I don't remember. I just remember there was a run on them. And it seems like you end the year kind of mundane. It's kind of boring, right? December's kind of a boring month. Uh, and, I, and I say that in a positive way. It's boring because nothing's happening in the world. Everybody's prepping for the holidays. They're, they're dealing with their family. They're wrapping things up at work. And, and, and they're in their own little world. Then as soon as the year starts, hell breaks loose. All hell breaks loose. People die. Weird things happen. Why is that? I don't know, but it, it's definitely something that occurs every single year. And and sometimes it's right at the end of the year, too, like the day before going into the new year, stuff starts happening. I mean, am I right? Yeah, I feel like it got bad at the end of the year. Like at the very end, everybody was dying. Well, maybe towards the, how about that then? Maybe yeah, towards, towards, the end. towards the end of the year, rolling over. But, you know, like the end, at the very end of the year, I'm not like towards right. the end of the year, it seems to end well. For the most part, right? Mm-hmm. But then when it kicks in, it's like Barbara Walters dead. Jeremy Renner gets run over by his snowplow, which is freaking crazy. Uh, the rally car driver, right? He dies from a snowplow accident. What's his name? Block? Last name Block? Yeah, Ken Block. Ken Block. I mean, that's just nuts. The drummer from Earth, Wind, and Fire. I don't know which of the three he is, but he dies. Um, Martina Navratilova, a tennis legend, mm. hits with the double whammy of breast cancer and throat cancer. I mean, that's a death sentence right there. Uh, and then yeah. uh, on Monday Night Football, I, I, I don't think an NFL game has ever been postponed because of injury. I don't know for a fact. Uh, I tried to search for it. I couldn't find anything. I don't think there's ever been a game postponed for injury. But that injury to DeMar uh, Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills was scary, like just really, really scary. Now, by the time you hear this uh, on Wednesday, you know, there, there's there been some hours that have passed. So, you know, forgive me if something worse has happened to him and he's not still in critical condition. Um, you know, that's the downfall of podcasting. But when I saw that on Monday night, oh, my God. I mean, the, the guy just, he wasn't even a big part of the tackle. He just was part of the tackle. And then he gets up, and then he falls back. And these experts are saying, these 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 heart experts are saying that it's just one of those freak things. Yep. Just, I mean. That just happens. Wrong place, right time, right? Yeah. One of those types of situations. And, of course, you've got the COVID anti-vaxxer people out there. Oh, it's everybody's falling. Shut up. This kid is, like, hanging on. Like, wait till something happens first. <laughs> and, and get some facts before exactly. you start speculating. People are such assholes. Like, they don't take into consideration the families 
and the friends and people close to them that are that there's a good possibility they might read what you're posting, especially if you're a person of name and you've gained some cult weird ass following, uh, which a lot of you anti-vaxxers have. You know, it's like, you know, just just relax for a second. But it was painful yeah. watching that. It was just as painful listening to the sportsy people try to fill time with something <laughs> yeah. with something serious. You you guys, you, the networks have to know better. ESPN, you have to know better. You can't allow um, your people, the Joe Bucks and the Troy Aikmans. Aikman wasn't that bad, but it, like the the people back in the studio, the the, the girl and the, was it Booger, or whatever guy played for the Bucks, and and the other guy that knows all the secrets, and it, 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 like you, it was just like to just pray for this young man, just pray for this young. I mean, that's all they said over and over again. Um, yeah, but I don't know what you say. If I'm the network, I'm cutting to something else. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Most of the time in those situations, nobody knows what to say. Yeah, with a ticker yeah. underneath. Yeah, and I think, well, first of all, they, they had planned on airing a football game for the next three hours, so they're, they're probably scrambling to be like, shit, what the hell do we put on? <laughs> but I think they thought that they would have gotten new like an update sooner, and they wanted to be the one to break it, like that he was okay or, or what was going on. So I think they were kind of stalling to see if they could break that news because everybody was already watching. Well, they couldn't have thought that the game was going to be postponed indefinitely. I mean, th- that's just not it just didn't happen. And I guess even Joe Buck is getting some kickback where, you know, they're like, dude, you just kept saying that the game's going to come back. There's no way they're going to postpone this. There's no way they're going to postpone this. You know, it's like everything you say in that position, you're under uh, scrutiny, you know, because if you're wrong or whatever you say in speculation comes across as a dick move because the injury to Hamlin, I mean, you're just, you're just wrong. It's best just to shut up. Because uh, yeah. you're, you're not going to please everyone. It's just not going to yeah. happen. I saw a lot of deleted tweets because there, there was a lot of tweets where, you know, it's a game. They know what they're getting into, you know, get, you know, play on kind of thing. And yeah. then you know, maybe an hour later, all those tweets were gone. <laughs> they gave the kids CPR for nine minutes. That's not part on of the field. That's not part of the game. It, <laughs> you know, and like these are human beings. Yeah. You, you, you can't go out there and play like, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to get myself in a hole here, but <clears throat> I mean, there's been bad injuries to players before, and the game has continued. I don't think there's ever been... I mean, when you give somebody CPR for nine minutes, and that's what they say they did. This goes beyond an injury. He that, died that, if, if they're giving him CPR. That means he's not physically anymore here and living. They're trying to revive him and bring him back to life. I'm not a football person, but I've never heard of a person dying on a football field. That's a completely different scenario than somebody falling and breaking their leg or somebody spraining their wrist and they're carting them off to the hospital and they're completely fine. This man is unconscious. So you can't go back to playing football after you've watched a person die in front of your face. I don't know if if you have that type of skin or you have that type of heart, but I watch grown men bawling their eyes out because they were scared. Yeah. They didn't know what was happening. And they're watching a person dead right in front of their face to so go back and play football after that would make you insane in my eyes. Yeah. It was a cardiac arrest. I mean, yeah. that's what they're chalking it up as it was. A, I mean, that's you're right. That's not an injury. That's actually a very good observation. You know, it's different than having an injury, even a serious injury. I mean, there's been many serious injuries in the NFL where have left guys paralyzed and they can never play again or their legs snapped in two and <clears throat> that was the end of their career, i.e. Joe Theismann. But I don't know if there's ever been a heart attack on an NFL field. I mean, that's- Yeah, and that's what I, I was... 
I was very convinced that he had passed because I was like, "There, this has never happened for an injury. There's no way that they're going to cancel the game for an injury. So I thought that was kind of leading to the, you know, the worst case scenario. Um, but yeah, that it was yeah insane because it, it didn't look as bad as it was. You know, it could have been it could have been no. any hit throughout the game, but it just the way he got up and fell down was scary. That's what makes it worse is because it didn't look bad. You know, that that's what it, it, he was just a part of the tackle and he wasn't even, you know, it wasn't helmet to helmet. It wasn't anything like that. It wasn't a football related injury. This was a freak of nature. Mm-hmm. Like I said, wrong place, right time. And, uh, Oh, I disagree. It was definitely a foot. It was the hit to his chest. That helmet went straight into his chest. I think that was what caused it. No, no, you're right. That's what they said. They said this precise, the precise hit to the chest. But if you look at the whole play in general, it's not one of those target uh, targeting those helmet to helmet and you know, those types of injuries it to the, to the naked eye, to the fan, it just looked like a normal play because he kind of came in afterwards, you know, he was like a secondary part of the tackle and just kind of rolled him up and this and this and that. But it was just that that precise helmet to the chest that gave him the heart attack. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't one of those like, oh, man, did you see that hit? He, oh, boy, oof, you know, that kind of thing. It, it, like, you didn't squirm at the hit. You squirmed yeah. when he got up and he fell. He stumbled and he fell. That's what you squirmed at. Mm-hmm. And a doctor, mm-hmm. they they talked to a doctor about what he thinks of the seriousness of the injuries. He said for them to induce him, put him in a coma, all those things are normal. The only thing about <clears throat> what they're doing now in his treatment that the doctor feel is not normal is that he has a breathing tube down his throat. And he said that's what gives him, like, kind of pause or alarm about the actual condition. Like, how is he going to come out of this? Oh, that's so sad. Very, very sad. Very, very sad. Never seen anything like it. Watching in a, yeah. a football game. Watching a, watching any sports event, a sporting event. Never seen anything like it. You know, the, the Internet was quick to make comparisons to the – well, so – and I don't know if this is, this, again, let's take this with a grain of salt. I, I don't believe this, but there's an article I read that said the NFL wanted to continue to play on. But the Bengals and the Bills players said not happening. Um, that, I heard that too. It might be true. It might not be true. I, I don't know. I, I don't think the NFL is the devil. You know, they're a business. But, I, I you know, if the players said that, they, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure they agreed with them. You know, there's a lot of money at stake. I get it. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway. But the internet started making quick comparisons to back in, I believe, 1999 when the wrestler Owen Hart died at a uh, wrestling pay-per-view event. Owen Hart, the you know part of the Hart family, Bret Hart, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, um, you know, uh, the, uh, all those, the, the Hart, Stu Hart and all those people. Anyway, he was coming down out of the rafters. He had this gimmick, the blue blazer. He'd come down oh, off the rafters and... That. He had these cables. Well, as he was coming down off the Raptors, the cable snapped and he fell and he hits his head on the turnbuckle and mm. dies instantly. And the they, they cart him out and they go on with the show. Ooh. So that there's the internet's making a lot of comparisons uh, to the NFL stopping uh, and the WW well F at the time continuing. I mean, that's horrible. <laughs> Yeah. That's horrible. So, I mean, I think the NFL did the right thing. And you knew he was dead because, I mean, he died instantly. Owen Hart died instantly. So, it's it's not like, 
you know, how they were able to continue, I have no idea. The, the WWF, WWE has made some mistakes. They've made a few mistakes over the years. I mean, the the big three-hour tribute to Chris Benoit when they had zero details on how the entire family died and didn't at one time somebody go, maybe he snapped. He was a little crazy, you know, like, you know. <laughs> but there was a three-hour tribute to, to, the, to the, eventually the guy that will be, uh, just blackballed and forgotten in wrestling history because he killed his wife and kid in Atlanta. Jeez. Yeah. Crazy. You know, just absolutely crazy. So I don't know. So just last couple of days reading all this stuff, I'm going, you know, the years end usually well, but they start bad. <laughs> it, and this isn't like propaganda either. I mean, this is fact. This facts. Barbara Walter's dead. That's a fact. You know, Jeremy Renner is in critical condition because he got run over by his own snowplow. Like, I mean, this isn't like something that you push. He, I saw a picture of it. It's one of those big, you get in it with the tank tracks, you know? Yeah. Is he, like, does he own one or is yeah. he, he got hit by one? No, he's, he owns one. Dang. Oh, that's weird. Well, maybe he lives in a place like uh, he does. Know, Montana or something. No, oh, he does. Okay. No, he. I think it's in like Tahoe or Reno or something like that. So that's hmm. two people. I didn't with think the, it snowed that bad up with there. the snowmobile accidents. Yeah, that rally driver he died. Yeah. Well, I don't know how Jeremy Renner's still alive, and I don't even know how this would happen because you have to get into the machine in order for it to work. But he got run over by it. Well, I've seen people get hit by their own cars. Like on uh, wow. like ridiculousness, they show videos all the time. Like they they get out while it's still rolling or something, and then they get like pulled underneath their jacket or something gets hold, uh, caught up in it. So yeah, maybe some freak thing like that. But yeah, that's not all. Uh, who else? The, the Pope died. The old Pope. Oh, that's right? right. The old Pope died. That's right. I forgot him. Sorry. Yeah, I feel horrible. So the old Pope. The died. Uh, Pele. Pele died. I said that. Pele died. Yes, Pele died. Mm -hmm. I forgot Pele. Yeah. As well. um, the uh, J uh, Jeremy Green from was it Modest Mouse. Oh, the drummer. Yeah, the drummer yeah. from Modest Mouse passed away. Young, too. God, I forgot some, didn't I? And uh, one of the Pointer Sisters, right? Yeah, yeah. one of the Pointer, Pointer sisters. sisters. Yeah, yeah. And just yesterday, I had a Pointer Sisters song, too. Yeah, yeah it's kind yeah, of weird. And, and, uh, and then a bunch of other, I saw other ones that maybe weren't as, like, like mega famous, but, you know, there were some other, you know, band, uh, people in bands and some other kind of, you know, B-list celebrities that died, too. Everybody's just dying at the end of the year. So, a girl that I grew up with in middle school in um, Naples. She lives right down the street from me, like five houses down the street. Does she remember you? She remembers me. Okay. <laughs> I've got more on that story. <laughs> I'll do it on, I think, Friday's episode. I, I, I have an update, by the way. <laughs> she does remember me. So her really cool name was Tara. She actually lives in Georgia now. We've reconnected on Facebook over the years. Uh, she's married with kids and the whole shebang. Anyway, if I remember this correctly, uh, mother and father, mother was the heir to Smucker's Jelly. And I think they ended up divorcing because she became a lesbian or something like that. She has a younger sister, just a few years younger than they had an adopted brother, I think from like the Philippines or something. And his name was Adam and a really cool kid. And actually Adam and I, he was a very good tennis player at a young age. He was younger than I was by maybe four years or so. And, but he was a very good tennis player, and he would play tennis with us all the time. Cool kid. Really cool kid. He was like one of those younger brothers that you just didn't go, hey, you can't hang out with us. He was always just cool, you know? And yeah. he, it was funny, too. 
And I just saw a post from her the other day that he passes away. He's got to be, you know, maybe late 30s, early 40s, possibly. Wow. Died in Mexico, lived in Mexico. I don't know where in Mexico. And I don't know how he died. You know, it was one of those things where, you you know, I, I made a comment. I was like, I just don't have any words. I'm so sorry to hear this. Uh, but, you know, I was curious. Like, what happened? Did you Google it? Because if you Google it, a lot of times you can pull it up, an article, and find out. Really? No, that's yeah. a, Jason and I, you you know, you and I have already always <laughs> talked about that. Nobody wants to say what happened, right. like personally on Facebook or anything. But even most of the time, they don't say in, in any kind of article either. They just said they passed, you know, wherever, like in whatever city. But it doesn't say exactly like heart attack or, you know, whatever, like well, hit by a car. A car accident or something, they do. They'll say a car accident or something like that in articles I found. I found out how a lot of people died that way. Does anybody die in a car accident in Mexico? Uh, probably. I mean, it just, I don't, it, it, I don't know. It just seems, you never hear of a horrible car accident in Mexico, even though y'all drive crazy. Like from Playa del Carmen to Cancun, those taxi cab drivers are nuts. Yeah. <laughs> they're nuts. good. It's like that in Egypt too. They're crazy drivers, but very few accidents, except for my Uber, apparently. <laughs> there was a, there was a woman that was driving us, telling a story about how she's from the small village and she was gifted to this man uh, as his wife and she wasn't having it because she doesn't, you know, believe in that stuff. And she just picked up and met this other guy and moved. To, I mean, but she's like, it was one of those like movie scenes where she's telling us a story, but she's looking back, talking to us and driving. <laughs> <laughs> and she's and, and this, and the, the cars are different. They don't go by the, the miles per hour. They, 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 so like if they're doing 60, it says like 140. I don't know what you guys, what is it? What do they go by? What is the metric? Kilometers. Kilometers. Kilometers yeah. So it's like, you like, God, how fast is this woman going? It's like, 180. Holy Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, the uh, getting hit by your own car, uh, I've done that before. Oh, really? So I do know it's it's very possible. It's how did you get hit by your own car? So this, so I had a uh, one of my favorite cars ever. I had a, a Lexus, a Lexus GS 300. I love that. I have an Lexus. <laughs> but is it the GS model? <laughs> no, no. It's a 1984. <laughs> okay, mine was a little bit newer. Yeah, mine's classic. And so uh, I just moved back to Orlando. I was going through my divorce, and I my ex-wife, had, uh, soon-to-be ex-wife, found me this kind of party house, which we had called the Koi Ponderosa just because of the pool area, and it was very party house. Anyway, so it was on, for Florida, it was a big hill, right? You know, so the, the driveway was at a slant and it wasn't in the best of neighborhoods. Uh, you know, there was a house right across the street and in Florida next to the roads, um, there are little, you know, dikes, divots, you know, for irrigation because of all the water. So, uh, my car wouldn't, what was it? My car wouldn't start for some reason and I had to like push it to get it out of gear. There was something I had to do. So I had to push it out of my driveway and then jump in it or something like that. I forget what it was. I used to see people do that back in the day. Like to get their car started, they push it down a hill and jump in it. Yeah, but that's I don't know what that did though. That's usually it kicks it in to get usually for a stick shift. And this was not a stick shift. I forgot why I had to push it out of my garage. But I had to push it out of my garage. And I'm not thinking that the incline was that steep that once it hit that little downwards that it's going to fly down there. I didn't even think about it. So I'm outside and I, I push it out my driveway and I just thought I could, 
mosey around and jump in the car. Well, as soon as it hits the incline, it starts to, I mean, just, I mean, it's not a long driveway. It's maybe 10, 15 yards. As soon as it starts to tip down, the garbage truck is coming down the street. Oh, my God. If I would not have, and I, so I jump in the car and I, I kill my back. I hurt my back, but I literally, I had to jump in the car like Dukes of Hazzard. I've jumped in the car and I think I put my hand on the brake. That's how that's because I wanted to stop it before the garbage, the garbage truck in my car would have hit. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you jumped in like with your head down to push it with your Dang. With, with my head down. Yeah. I now went, I, I went around the door and just jumped in. Wow. And I'm holding the thing. And then I hit the, and then, then I switched hands and then I pulled up the emergency brake. But my back, I destroyed my back. Destroyed my back. I was in so much pain for the longest time because it hurt. So it is very, very possible to get hit by. Were you, (laughs) were you sneaking out of your house? Cause I used to roll my car out of the garage when I was sneaking out. So it wouldn't start. Or you wouldn't hear the the engine start. No, I was in my uh, early thirties. I was not. That's why people used to do that. I'm like, why did I used to hear so many people do that? That is why they were sneaking out Mm -hmm. of the house and they didn't want to start the car. That's exactly why. I would go as far as rolling it down the street till I got around the corner so <laughs> my parents couldn't look out the window and see my car going down the street. But by the time Nate decided to start his car, he was too tired to go out and party. Because <laughs> yeah. he don't push it all around the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, I'm just pushing it to the party. <laughs> there, there are kids in Iowa to this day that tell stories of this guy, Nate, that would show up at every party just drenched in sweat. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you can't get a DUI if your car hasn't started, right? <laughs> There's a guy that had the biggest veins in his quads, and he just would come here just drenched in sweat. Uh, so I, I hope the year started okay for you. I, I really, really do. I, I'm, you know, I, I just see this, and then I look at everybody else, and I'm going, "How's everybody else's year going so far?" I mean, we're only a couple days into it. Like we got a long ways to go. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I hate the month of January. Despise this month. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, it's your birthday month. <laughs> we will not despise <laughs> January, okay? What's the Speak end of another J- month. End of January, yeah? 24th. That's the end of January. Let's you, go. You're, you're, you're borderline February. It's, this is still <laughs> my month, okay? We will not despise it. New Year's, well, the, the Monday, well, this year, the Monday after New Year's, right? right. But New Year's Day drives me insane. I don't know why we have off. Like I, I'm ready to do stuff. Like I'm ready to get back to work. I'm ready to talk to people. I'm ready to wheel. I'm ready to deal. And people are still blah, 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 blah. In January, it seems like everybody takes at least two weeks to get their gears moving. I'm ready to rock and roll, man. It drives <laughs> me nuts. That's why I hate January. Now, January self-employed might be different than January employed. Uh, you know, corporate employed. Because I just remember in the corporate world, it was horrible. Radio in January was so bad. It was just a dead, it was the dead month. Not a lot of people listening. No one was interacting. Uh, Company, well, that's another story. But yeah, it was just a a dead month. It just drove me kind of insane. Um, So I don't know. Like I, as soon as the year started, this just odd thing happened to me. So do you, are you guys uh, aware that, um, there's an app to talk to prisoners. No. Yeah. I think Manny, uh, Manny mentioned that before you like put money on. That's how you, uh, he would talk to what's her name. Anna Delvey sometimes I think. Oh, okay. So he, I, I forgot all about that. Yeah. It's called Securus. 
There's an app mm. called Secure. So my cousin's son is in federal jail. Federal. He's in a federal prison in what Florida. Do do? Uh, drug trafficking. Oh. Yeah. He was selling. I don't know what he was selling. Selling X, maybe. But he had a lot of it. And the, 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 the sentencing for that, especially in Florida, has gotten like, there's just no questions asked. You just, you get caught, you're going to jail. So he's serving three years in uh, a, a state, state penitentiary. Well, you said federal. That's why I'm or like, federal. what did he do to go to federal prison? Maybe federal. I don't know. It's it's the, it's where the big boys are, like where the murderers and the rapists and stuff. It's I think in South Florida. I mean, it's 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 a big to do, and and he's a he's a big guy. But you know, still, you're. I mean, you could be a big guy all you want, but you're a young little white boy in in prison where these people have been serving out a life sentence and they're been in there for thirty years. You, you got no chance, right? You got no chance in hell. <laughs> And like they occasionally will put him in Gen Pop, I guess, and then they fear for his safety. He fears, for, so they put him back in solitary confinement. Really? Yeah, he's just he's a target. I mean, he's fresh. He's fresh meat. Oh, dang! You know, it sounds like a snitch. <laughs> no, he's not. A, he, so he gets busted anyway. I, I don't have that great of a relationship with him. I mean, I know him, and he's a nice kid, and his brother's nice, and I love his mother to death. My cousin. And uh, she was always one of my favorite cousins. And, um, you know, they, anyway, so he goes to jail. I find out about it. I forget how I find out about it. <clears throat> and then um, his mother reaches out to me and says, can you get in contact with him? He just needs as much support as possible. Plus, he wants to listen to your podcast in jail and he doesn't know how to do it. And I was like, my dumbass I was like, yeah, sure. Have him give me a call. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, well, he can't do that. <laughs> do you want to meet for lunch or? <laughs> like, okay, yeah, I've, I've, my bad. I totally didn't even think about that. Sorry. Like, we'll just have him shoot me a text or an email or something. You know, I, I don't know what's going on in there. And she says, well, that's not happening either. She says, you have to go onto this app. And, and it took a while for us to communicate the app to each other or to her to me. And, and I was like, okay, that's cool. I'll do this app and I'll sign up for it. And, I, and just, I've been really, really busy the last couple of weeks, like really, really busy. And so, uh, so I get the app down and, and then I find his name and, and I send him a invite or something and whatnot. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm good to go. So I messaged my cousin back and I said, Hey, look, I sent him a message. And so I was like, so I'm just waiting to hear back from him. And she goes, did you, did you buy stamps? <laughs> like, look, you're not that old. I mean, this is absurd. Buy stamps on an app. I mean, come on. And uh, I said, no, I, I, I thought she was joking. I said, no, I, I did not buy stamps. I just shot him a message in the app and just my ha ha face. And she goes, no, 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 seriously, you have to buy stamps. I go, what? She goes, go back in under this setting or something. You can't send a message. You have to pay for it. Yeah, you have to pay. They're called mm -hmm. stamps. You, mm -hmm. Like you have to buy stamps in this mm. app in order to send a message. Yeah, and so it's like a dollar. I mean, it's it's pricey. I mean, when you buy these stamps, it's not cheap. So every time you communicate, I'm assuming the state gets the money. Yes. What a scam! Oh my <laughs> god. Yes. Like they are. I mean, like if you're giving them the ways to communicate, but yet you're charging. It's the same thing if it, if it was a phone call. You have to pay. You have to put money on their phone for them to call. Nothing is free in jail. Yeah. Or who do you think's uh, paying for those collect calls? Somebody's paying for it. 
Yeah. What's a, if it's a collect call? Are they are they always all collect calls? Well, they don't even do collect calls anymore. You have to have money on your phone. So somebody in your family has to put money on oh. your phone for you to even call. Oh, okay. Well, I just thought it was silly. Yeah, it, it still yeah it still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of them have cell phones now anyway, so they don't they don't even do all that no more. They just get on their the pocket cell phone. purse, their butt yeah. purse. Yeah, but you're not allowed to have cell phones, right? You're not allowed, but. Majority of the inmates have cell phones now. God, I'd feel horrible if I he did have a cell phone and I called him and he gets caught. <laughs> well, they turn it on and off when they they know they can. It's it's plenty of prisoners on the app I stream on. You they might you might be sitting there streaming. And they come in the box, three of them sitting in the cell. Like, what's up, cutie? I'm like, what? Get out of here, crazy. That may- that makes sense. You know, buying stamps and then they're buying, you know, fiery bearded dragons to give to Nikki for a bunch of stars or whatever she does. <laughs> and they diamonds. do, which is crazy. One of the biggest gifters on the app is in prison, but he has spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. On you? Not on me, but on people. I guess that would be a great target audience. Mm-hmm. If they've got money in their account and they're bored. And they spend it. And you're entertaining them. Mm-hmm. God, what actually? They, what, what a great gig! Maybe we should podcast just to prisoners. Let's find a way <laughs> to do that. Except for, do they not know OnlyFans exists? Why are they listening to people talk for money? We don't, don't they want to see some boobies? No, they want real interaction. They want to be a part oh, okay. of something. Streaming mm-hmm. is like a community, so they want to be in the streams. They want to know what's going on. Oh, they want to talk. They're in a. They're in a very exclusive community. I mean, they <laughs> they hang out all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that'd be great. I mean, just target the the jail people with the podcast. We get a lot of new subscribers. Yeah. And then they always get the one girl from the stream that's willing to then talk to them outside of that. Uh, so that's where they get their OnlyFans entertainment from. Uh, back in the day, day, the radio days, there was a, a bit, namely on rock stations. It was called the uh, you know, jail mail. And because you'd have prisoners, you, you know, I had lots of prisoners listening to me. And they would write you a letter, you know, before the emails and stuff like that. They'd write you a letter and you'd read the letter on the air. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> it was always very entertaining. Unless you stepped over the line and it was like, look at this idiot, you know. And then you get a phone call in your office by the you know, leader of a gang that says, yeah, I might not want to do that again. <laughs> not a problem. I, that, that did not happen to me, but I know it has happened to people. I was a little bit smarter than that, at least in that situation. Uh, the president, Joe Biden, uh, he has pardoned, uh, he pardoned, I guess, a good number of people towards the end of the year. He, uh, he has pardoned three people earlier this year and then commuted the sentences of 75 others. That's like, that's, that's what you do, right? As president at, towards the end of the year, for whatever Seems reason. to be a theme, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, but like, so some of these are kind of interesting. Uh, Beverly Ann Ibtamas, 80, Columbus, Ohio, at age 33, was convicted of killing her husband. She testified that her husband beat her, verbally abused her, and threatened her. She told jurors that she shot him moments after he'd assaulted her. While she was pregnant, the judge refused to allow expert testimony on battered women syndrome, a psychological condition that can develop among victims of domestic violence. She got one to five years of inc- uh, uh, incarna- uh, inc- help me out here. incarceration. Thank you. With credit for time served, her appeal was among the first by someone with battered women syndrome, and her case has been studied by academics. So she's been out of jail. 
But these are just, he's just expunging the records. Oh, okay. I was about to say, yeah. what's the pardon? She's been out of Yeah, you can pardon people that are, are dead. And they're just saying basically like, yeah, if there was some case that was controversial like 50 years ago, they can pardon them and say, you know, we're removing this from their record. Charles Bynes, Burns, Jackson, 77, Swansea, South Carolina, pleaded guilty to possession and sale of spirits without tax stamps when he was 18. Uh, and it involved, do the math real quick. If he's 77 today, what year was it when he was 18? So that would be, what, 59 years ago? Mm-hmm. Quick math. And it involved a single illegal whiskey transaction. He tried to enlist in the Marines, but was rejected because of the conviction. How crazy is that? Yeah, it was uh, 1963. So, okay, so 1963, he was arrested for selling whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) Almighty. (laughs) Here's some dumb stuff that people are in jail. Or, you know, he's not still in jail, but he gets that expunged. But how do they know that? I mean, that just seems like if you're 77 years old, if anything, you wear that as like a badge of honor. Not like you're you're going to a job interview and they're like, oh, sorry, you can't work at Home Depot. You can't bag groceries at the grocery store because you got busted back in 1963 for selling spirits without tax stamps. I, I, at 77, if that were me, I'd be like, kids, you want to hear a story? (laughs) (laughs) Gather around Grandpa Drunk, Grandpa Jackson, and let me tell you a story about what I did when I was 18. (laughs) Right. John Dix, John Dix Dix Knock, John Dix, Dix and Cox, John Dix (laughs) Knock the third, 72 St. Augustine, Florida pleaded guilty using his property as a grow house for marijuana 27 years ago. Uh, Wow. He was in his fifties when he did that. He couldn't. He didn't cultivate the plants, but he got six months of community confinement. He now operates a general contracting business. So see, that's weird. Some of these, it's like it. It doesn't really change anything. It wasn't like he was convicted of murder and they're clearing his name. It's like this dude spent like six months. Doesn't even sound like in jail. Why is the president pardoning him? Well, that's what I'm saying. And they're all, you know, old. Like these these convictions, like that guy, you know, it affected his life. He couldn't join the Marines and stuff. If you're going to do something like this, do it while I'm in my prime. While it matters. While it matters. Not just for your resume. And I think mm-hmm. presidents do this just to look good. You know, Biden was like, oh, I got to do something before the end of the year. I should pardon the guy with the t- whiskey. <laughs> I remember that guy. <laughs> Gary Parks Davis, 77, Yuma, Arizona. When Davis was 22, he admitted using a telephone for a cocaine transaction. <sighs> he served a six-month sentence on nights and weekends in a county jail and completed probation in 1981. After the offense, the White House says Davis earned a college degree and worked steadily, including owning a landscaping business and managing construction projects. He has volunteered at his children's high school and in his community. He's 66. Then you're now just going, going to him and going, hey, dude, you did good in life. It's just dick. <laughs> well, hey, blame the presidents that were uh, presidents back in in their time, I guess. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Is yeah, the, the, it's like the, why weren't they doing something? The former president, but like you get now to a current president, I, I'd just be like, look, I really want to do it, but what's the point? You yeah, know? I mean, it's it's almost kind of patronizing to do it. Edward Lincoln de Coito, the third 50, Dublin, California, pleaded guilty at age 23 to being involved in a marijuana trafficking conspiracy. He was released from prison in 
December 2000 after serving nearly two years before the offense. He had served honorably in the U.S. Army and Army Reserves and had received numerous awards. Uh, oh, here's a younger person. Vincente Rey Flores, 37, Winters, California. As a 19-year-old, Flores consumed ecstasy and alcohol while serving in the Air Force. Oh, okay. This is a good one. <laughs> Later pleaded guilty at a special court-martial. He was sentenced to four months of confinement, loss of $2,800 in pay, and a reduction in rank. Flores participated in a six-month rehab program that gives select enlisted offenders a chance to return to duty after therapy and education. His reduction in rank was amended, and he remains in active duty. He has earned medals and other rewards for his service. See, that I don't think he should have. Like, you, you know, you knew what you were doing at the time. You don't get a second chance. You're out. You're done. You're, you're, you're yeah, because yeah, no, no uh, military guys have ever gotten drunk and done drugs before. <laughs> well, there's a difference between drunk and doing drugs and getting caught and not getting caught. Yeah, yeah I mean, no, but I mean, even getting caught. I'm sure this happens all the time, it and does. you know, whatever their sergeant or whatever just kind of scolds them or or does yeah. makes them do push ups or something. I don't know, but yeah, he's probably not the first one. So maybe they're trying to make an example out of him for some reason. It depends on who you are. Depends on who you know. Depends on how they feel about you. I know a guy who had been in almost 20 years, getting ready to retire. He got popped a month before he was supposed to retire, and they took everything from him. Good. Deserve Jeez. it. Should have been smarter than that. No. What do you get popped? DUI? No, he was taking cocaine. Oh, pff, look at that. He <clears throat> shouldn't take cocaine. I guarantee you he took it his whole career. Yeah, well, I now. I guarantee you he well, did. Yeah, well, he should have. He finally, you know, gets to, gets to suffer the consequences. Well, then I know another person personally who got caught doing something they didn't have any business, i.e. sleeping with my roommate. He was the third highest in command. And guess what? They let him retire. That's not fair. It's not. No. So that's why was I he say married? Yes, he was. Yeah, can't do that. His wife paid our rent a few times. I found out too. Wow, really? Yeah, she stalked us too. Yeah, but you know, who was hotter, your roommate or his wife? I mean, he was like a sixty-year-old white male. His wife was probably in her fifties. We were twenty, so. Oh, good for him, huh? <laughs> sure, my yeah. friend looked better. <laughs> yeah. What, what happened to her? <clears throat> my friend. They kicked her out. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, she got promoted. No. They let him retire. They kicked her out. But then she fought it because the punishment wasn't the same. You know what I'm saying? She's a young black girl. He's an older white male. They let him retire. They kick her out. So she fought it. And she won. And she got back in. Why was she sleeping with him? What did she find attractive about him? He had a lot of money. His rank. Oh. He had a lot of money. Like, that's it. She says that she really liked him. And, you know, I guess she loved him or something. I don't know. I feel like it was the money because he had a lot. He was the third highest person in command on our ship. And we could do anything. We literally could do anything on that ship. We ran it. Have you ever heard a young girl dating an older guy, especially an older guy with money, and you say, what do you like about him? And they never reply with, the sex is great. She yeah. actually did say that she liked it. Now, I was like, mm. But she she said she liked it. There's I've never heard of a younger woman <laughs> that's either been or currently with an older like like a huge gap, right? You know, at least twenty five years. She liked older men though. Almost every man she dealt with was older. Her husband now is older. Mm -hmm. Daddy issues. Daddy issues. But they never say, "Oh my god, it's just something about that gray chest hair and the sex and this is like." <laughs> 
<laughs> like, except for Hugh Hefner, but they're probably lying to get that money. Well, the girl, the girls that you know, the the Hollies and the Madisons and all those girls, like there's actually I think um, a show out now uh, that uh, one of the girls from the 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 reality show is executive producer of just buries them buries the entire lifestyle, you know, but they, they openly talk about it. Now there was, there was another thing that, um, Chester Bennington's ex-wife that we've had on the show. She was the publisher for, I was it on Showtime? There was a Playboy thing. It's still on. It's, it's, it's fairly recent. I, I watched some of it. It was, it was pretty good, but the, the girls are burying Hugh Hefner. Like, you know, almost making him sound like he was a rapist. You know, he he would give, you know, the ultimatum. It's like, you know. Sleep you, with me or else. But he wouldn't say it like that. It's it's just kind of assumed that you've got to, you know, he did he had threesomes and all kinds of weird stuff. Um, I'm and, sure he said it in such a way like he'd ruin them or they, they wouldn't go to their next level. You know, he'd be a Cosby them probably. Well, I don't think. Or he just kick him out of the house because they were mooching off of him. So he's probably like, "You can get the fuck out if you're not going to touch this." I've (laughs) I've always wanted to ask my friend who was a Playboy Playmate of the Year. I think she was Playboy Playmate of the Year 2006, and I always wanted to. And and she lived the lifestyle, which was crazy uh, for a while. And I always wanted to know if she ever slept. She's like a normal person now in Orlando, doing real estate. having babies and all kinds of weird stuff. Why didn't you ask her? I just, uh, just always wanted to, I don't know. I was pretty tight with her at one time too. I could probably still ask her. I think you should. Cause I'm just curious. Like what would it be like? I'm curious now too. Like just to be in the, the play, you know, I've had friends that have gone in the playboy mansion, you know, celebrity type friends that have been there and gone to the grotto and told me about parties. And there's been stories that I've heard and, you know, just drug infused alcohol fueled, you know, everybody is banging. I can only imagine what it was like in the 70s. Oh, my God. It's a totally different world. Or the 80s, isn't actually. It, isn't it funny that you don't, you wouldn't do that with anyone else, typically? Like, if it's a celebrity, you'd be like, oh, how is it sleeping with Hugh Hefner? But if it was just somebody else, you wouldn't be like, hey, how is it sleeping with Bill? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, you wouldn't ask a friend that. <laughs> Like, why weirdo like having friends over the house and you know couples you know what's it like sleeping with your husband do you enjoy yeah. it i mean women talk about that all the time though i know they do guys don't guys married guys don't mm-hmm. nate and i don't swap sex stories of our wives yeah no. oh yeah not with your wives you usually no. usually it's like old stories yeah, I mean, if there's a story behind it, I've never been a big kiss and tell guy. I just, I think it's, I think it's gross. I think it's disrespectful. I, I, I really do. Um, now, if I've got a story to tell, you know, I mean, I've, I've got plenty of stories that I've never told um, of people of name, you know, that I just don't. I mean, it's not. It's good stories, you know, but <laughs> but but it's tough for a guy to tell a conquest story without him sounding like a douche. You know what I mean? Right. So unless it's in context where it's like, oh, yeah, I know that girl. We had relations or something like that. Like when we had Shannon Butler on and we we're talking about the Casey Anthony stuff and, you know, went a little we went personal because her, her and I were friends when we both were starting out our careers. And I dated a couple of her friends and slept with a couple of her. I mean, that was fun and goofy. I'm not going into detail of who they are and what I did and what we did and all that kind of stuff. Because you couldn't even remember their names. I know. 
Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> uh, one of them I did. The other two I did not. Mm. Could not remember their names for the life of me. That's hard. That's hard. The lady Cindy, her name was They weren't Tiffany. very good, apparently. <laughs> Could you remember every name of every woman you slept with up until now, Nate? No. I mean, not like off the top of my head, but if you were like saying somebody like it, if I was talking to somebody maybe in that circle of friends, I, I feel like I probably could, but I don't know. Who knows? It depends on how many years it's been true. Uh, also. I mean, you couldn't write a book and put in chronological order. Oh, no, probably not. Yeah. Anyway. I definitely couldn't. Well, we know that. <laughs> <laughs> Be a long book too. <laughs> I forgot somebody's name when I was talking yesterday that I, I've known for two years. And I had to literally sit and think, like, what is this person's name? So Do you I, still talk to people that you slept with? Mm, not many of them, no. I'm I'm very much so a move-on type of gal. <laughs> it's like, you got it, now you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> I keep it pushing. <laughs> keep it pushing. My tuition keeps it pushing. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's talk to a oh, very interesting guest this week. Let's talk to uh, our guest here now. Let's hear from our sponsors. Just about everything needs to be insured in your life, right? So find the best in the business. That'd be Sean Camp at Country Financial. House, boat, motorcycle, car, you name it, needs to be insured. How do you get a hold of Sean? Easy. Call him. He'll pick up 678-519-9028. Tell him Jason said, hello, 678-519-9028. Yeah, make sure you mention the BS because he takes care of the two percenters. Or you can email sean.camp at countryfinancial.com. S-H-A-U-N dot C-A-M-P at countryfinancial.com. The camp agency at Country Financial. It is your one-stop shop for all your insurable needs. Rodents get cold, too. They might want to get warm in your attic or crawl space. Uh-uh, not on Inspect All Pest Services Watch. Inspectallservices.com. That's the website you need to go to and book an appointment. Mention the BS. Receive 10% off your exclusion work. Did you know that uh, one big issue with house fires is that squirrels cause them by chewing constantly, chewing on the wires, plus all the disease the rodents bring in. Don't let that happen to your house. Inspectallservices.com. And back to you, Jason. Over uh, Christmas break, whatever you want to call it, you know, every year I go to Diamond Dallas Page's Christmas party. He's uh, DDP is a big rest, uh, big Christmas guy. And there's always interesting people to talk to. You know, of course, there's the celebrity aspect there if you're into that thing. Um, but there's always interesting people that surround DDP. And this year, without a doubt, I spoke to one of the most interesting individuals I've ever spoken to in my entire life of America. I kid you not, I just did not want to stop talking to her. Uh, her name is Julia Ferris. She is the owner of Neurotherapy Centers of America. Uh, NeurotherapyCenterUSA.com is the website. Hello, Julia. Nice to see you again. Hi, nice to see you too. Uh, I, I want you to tell the story first on how you started to do this because it's 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 amazing 
how you became who you are and what you do and why. So start from the beginning, please. Okay, so uh, I, I'm a fast talker, so stop me if I lump it into a tiny nutshell and you can't catch it. So um, the story actually begins long before um, the immediate neurotherapy story. So it's, it's trauma. So I don't tell a lot um, publicly about my story, but I have always been uh, drawn to healing and healing people um, and working with trauma and um, in the physical body as well, because I, um, it's a, it sounds unbelievable, but I, as a child, lived in Golden Gate Park, and my parents were heroin addicts, and both are now deceased. I was, you know, ended up in foster care group, group homes, um, but I spent the first years of my life living in a park in Golden Gate Park, sleeping on boxes and eating out of trash cans. So um, the interesting thing was that I was a very happy child until I realized that that wasn't normal, right? So sometimes until you have something to compare it to, you know, there's, there's nothing to make you feel that trauma. I just, I was happy if I was happy, if it wasn't good, it wasn't good. You know, if I got ramen noodles, it was a great day. Um, so I, I kind of think that's probably how it is in third world countries too. But um, nevertheless, the, the trauma began, there was, you know, I was drawn to people who were traumatized. And so it was just like re-trauma over and over and over. Um, I met my husband, he's a military guy. Um, so the complete opposite of me, I grew up in the jungle and he grew up like in a very controlled environment. Um, his, his home was traumatizing because it was, it was like, he, he was raised like his home was a barracks and then he went into the military. Um, so he had his own trauma. Well, my reaction to trauma was to be extremely present and to become a healer. His reaction to trauma, um, later led to some brain damage and he kind of checked out and went the dissociative route. Um, I didn't know all of this at the time. I had I had been trained in like Christian counseling. I stayed away from it because I'm not a good counselor. Uh, if I can't, if you can't heal real fast and real complete, I'm not. I, I struggle. Um, so I wasn't the best for that. I'm kind of like, all right, let's get this show on the road. You know, we're going around this mountain. So I wasn't the most patient for that type of healing. Um, so you know, my husband ended up. He had a corporate uh, job with uh, the railroad, and it was very stressful. And in the middle of that, he deployed. And they tried to stop him from deploying. They were um, not happy that he was going to leave his new position. He had just been um, promoted um, with the corporate side of uh, railroad. And um, he did. He deployed. He said, this is what I signed up for. I'm not going to get out of this. This is that's ridiculous. So he went to Kuwait and um, augmented an army unit. Um, anyways, uh, continuing on. Long story short, he comes home. There's a lot of stress. Uh, we have tons of kids. He had married me already with four kids. That's another part of my story. We can talk another time. Um, you know, I had a baby very young. So I have seven children and three grandchildren um, mm. out of this story. And um, all, all a healing process. Uh, so nevertheless, uh, my husband ends up unwell. And he's beginning to mentally deteriorate. Um, and he comes home and tells me that something's wrong with him. Something ruptured in his head. Is my face sagging? I'm like, no, you're just crazy. You know, we went to a, a, a primary care physician that was military, active duty military. She put him with a psychiatrist, blah, blah, blah. He lost his job and declined over a five-year pro. Uh, uh, period. We lost, we went from a corporate lifestyle to food stamps, no heat in our house. And I was taking care of children. So here I am trying to figure out like, you know, how do we fix this? My best friend, Dr. David Williams, 
who introduced me to DDP, actually. Um, Dr. David Williams, my absolute best friend, um, he was my doctor and became my friend, uh, kind of went on this journey with me and watched my husband get sick and our journey to heal him. And um, I discovered neurotherapy while I was sitting in my house with no heat in my house, you know, looking for anything, a woman that I knew um, was connected to a chiropractor that we knew. And he had kind of a, a home-based system um, that he sent us home with, you know, I had to figure it out myself and I did neurotherapy on my husband and he woke up. I'm not, it didn't fix him. There was brain damage, but it woke him up out of this kind of psychotic place. So he had gone from a corporate, uh, engineering, you know, lifestyle, really sharp guy, you know, mathematics is his thing. You know, he, he makes things, he built railroad, um, and managed, you know, hundred crew teams, um, and now he couldn't estimate numbers and psychologically he had become aggressive, abusive, um, and dissociative. So that's what we had lived with and we were in poverty. So I was like, no, we're not doing this. Um, you were living I on food had, stamps, correct? Yeah, we were on food stamps and we had no heat in our home and, um, like, you know, coming up with gas to drive down the road or, you know, he was able to take a, a low paying labor job a few days a week is all he could handle. So I taught myself how to do internet stuff. And, you know, I did some uh, nutritional stuff on the side. I did anything and everything I could to keep us afloat. So the, the amazing thing that the God thing in this, we didn't lose anything. We had another house. Um, there were people living in it. They were just paying the mortgage. That's it. And I finally said, get out or give me some money because I need to sell this thing because I need to do neurotherapy for my husband. Um, so instead of paying my my mortgage, which was eight months behind and, you know, going into foreclosure, I didn't pay my cars. I was hiding them. I got a neurotherapy program for my husband and that's what woke him up. And that started the journey. A woman I knew inherited a very large amount of money. She said, can you train my son? I said, buy me this equipment and I'll train your son. Um, I reached out to um, Dr. Jason Rhodes because he was with, so BrainMaster is the, the company that I use, that my equipment is through. So I use BrainMaster software and BrainMaster devices. Um, I reached out to them and said, how can I do something with this? And I harassed them. They turned me on to Dr. Jason Rhodes. I harassed him. He finally said, what are you doing? Are you a clinician? What's your story? And I just told him the truth. And he invited me to mentor under him. Um, and I went up to St. Louis and, um, you know, I, I had the equipment and I learned from the best. He turned me on to his mentor, uh, John Demos, who does the board certification. And these doctors kind of adopted me. So I was not a clinician, am not a clinician, but they all adopted me and they all put their name on me until it just evolved into like I do consulting now. I consult other doctors um, on how to start their neurofeedback and neurotherapy business. I had a psychologist, a big psychologist in Georgia reach out to me um, and we're going to be working together soon too. So that's where I'm at. We're all healed. We have heat. We have air. I have a beautiful office. I closed my brick and mortar to become virtual uh, during COVID because uh, that was just a necessary thing. I have a crypto side hustle. That's my life. So so Here I am. And, and that's very well done, by the way. Very well done. I wanted people to understand where you came from and how you got mm -hmm. to where you're at now and why you're on with us and why I'm absolutely over the moon fascinated with you and what you do. Um, a lot of it, of course, has to do with the, the military part of this story. Mm -hmm. I, I just know personally so many guys that struggle from PTSD because of what they've been through when they've been deployed and there hasn't been, you know, the, 
smoking gun, so to speak, the, the, the golden ticket, the shiny answer. Nobody knows what to do. And I'm going, when I'm talking to you at the party, I'm going, you know, maybe she's got some, obviously she's got something because, you know, she fixed her, she helped her husband. Um, yeah. Maybe this, if we can get the word out, it, it can yeah. help some other people. I mean, I personally know people that suffer from PTSD and have numerous times tried to take their own lives. And, yeah. and, you know, if, if I, whatever I could do to help, I, I, I want to help. So you come to people's houses and map their brains is what you do. And if you go to the website for Neurotherapy Centers of America, Neurotherapy, NeurotherapyCenterUSA.com, it explains what you do and how you do it. And it even shows pictures of the brain mapping. You can go to somebody's house, like I'm going to have you come over to my house. I want it to start here. Have you come over in the next couple of weeks, and then we'll continue this because I've got a big master plan for you. Um, and you can literally, after you map these after you map people's brains in their own home, you give them a, like a report card of their brains, right? Yeah. So I go to some people's homes. This is all done virtually mostly. So oh. I have people all over the country and some people in Canada. So um, I go to some people's homes. It depends on the situation or how close they are to me. Um, I do it myself. I, I fired all the technicians because I just wasn't getting the quality I wanted. I'm, I'm very particular. Um, but yeah, I do go. There are a handful of people I go to their houses if they're local. So yes, I go to DDP's house, uh, your house. I have some people locally, a deaf woman. I went to her house she couldn't do virtual um so yeah i go to people's houses or i ship the equipment and i do everything virtually i can log into the computer with team viewer i can run the software collect the data from the brain map and then and then um create the quote report card so it gives you a metabolic report card it gives you a self inventory um there's all kinds of psychological testing um, that's integrated in there that you have to go through. And that's all lumped into this map for me to get a good idea on where to train your brain and what we want to work on first. So, and ideally the people that are reaching out to you or know that there's something wrong, whether it's anxiety or depression, PTSD, something, you know, upstairs that they just can't figure it out. And to be honest with you, probably, I know I wouldn't, I wouldn't know where to go. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's where, where you yeah. come in. You can tell them, well, here's the reason behind the depression or anxiety for the most right. part. Right. Yeah. And so with neurotherapy, when we do a brain map, we're not necessarily looking for acute tissue damage of the brain. It's not like an MRI or something like that. What we're looking for is surface brainwave dysregulation. So all of all of the work your brain does puts off an electrical um, it's electrical output or a vibration that can be measured and then put into this map or this picture. Now, if you're really awesome and you've been doing this for 50 years, you can read a raw EEG, um, but we create a map and, and this is where we can visually see what we're looking for, where we want to train the brain. So we're simply taking the brain out of a dysregulated or stressed state which causes a reaction now with your ptsd and brain injury so ptsd causes a similar brain injury to tbi um if you're it, i encourage everyone to watch uh, the documentary quiet explosions with um dr mark gordon's protocols um he is the guy that ultimately after the neurotherapy so neurotherapy works but if you don't fix the root problem um it's almost like heating a room with the door cracked you know over time 
um, those results start to weaken and lessen. And neurotherapy should be a permanent solution. It should be lasting. Um, and so what we saw is we kept having to go back and stay with neurotherapy. Well, when there's PTSD or traumatic brain injury, especially with military, there is a disruption in the communication between like pituitary and hypothalamus or damage to the hippocampus. The brain no longer signals to the rest of the body to create uh, the rest of these hormones you need to function. So testosterone is essential for cognitive function. Vitamin D, which is a hormone essential for cellular signals and, and things like that. So it's important that the whole person in, in traumatic brain injury and PTSD, it's not a one and done. So Dr. Mark Gordon recently asked for my maps on one of our mutual clients. So I send, he's, he's a military veteran. I send people at a certain point um, for follow-up care with him because it's it's multifaceted. So I work with the electrical networks of the brain, um, but then we have to have something functional in the brain to maintain that. Well, and, and another part of this is the testosterone maintenance, which I'm mm -hmm. a big proponent of. Um, I know Dallas is as well. And, yeah. you know, I've been doing testosterone maintenance for a couple of years and more research that goes along with testosterone maintenance, which, you know, really kind of, reared its beautiful head in the late 90s, early 2000s, when these, you know, clinics like Nuberty and stuff started to pop up. Um, unfortunately, the United States government and insurance companies doesn't recognize that testosterone maintenance for men is good for long term for longevity. Um, so hopefully someday there will be a congressman or a representative that'll that'll push for this. But when it comes to what you do, testosterone maintenance, you found and this is when you were dealing with your husband plays a major mm -hmm. role, right? It does. So I'll give you a, a recent example. Uh, my husband got well and he went on to the, we call it the brain trauma therapeutic dose of testosterone. So brain trauma for men, their testosterone should be a thousand to 1200, which to the mainstream medical world is, oh, that's way too high. You know, they're happy if you're at 400 and 400 is just barely functional. It, you know, if you're 80, fine, 400. But if you're a functional man who's out there working and, and doing things, your testosterone needs to be 800 and above. So never this is, you know, research for being really, really well and healthy. Um, my husband had done really well, but a doctor came on the scene that was not willing to prescribe the dose that he needed as a brain trauma. Um, this lasted about a year and a half. And recently um, we had his numbers done. He had been in a fog for a year and a half, still built a house. He's still not back where he was. The neurotherapy, you know, helped sustain him. He was fine, um, but really checked out and in a fog, building this house just in the zone versus being, you know, uh, relational, um, real shut down. And they, even though he was on testosterone, like the, the medical acceptable dose, um, he, his numbers were 196. His brain cannot signal to create this. So he seemed, he's strong. He's a big dude. You saw him. He's a yeah. big, strong dude. He works out, you know, he, he's, he's a man's man, uh, with 196 testosterone, which equals, uh, brain cognition issues and relational issues. So, we boosted him back up. We had a talk with um, their um, nurse practitioner and she fixed it. And all of a sudden he's awake again, he's communicating, you know, and we're having, he's having relationship and, you know, remembering things. The memory is a huge part of that testosterone. So um, like I said, the neurotherapy helped those connections. He was functional, um, but you don't want to just be functional. You want to be optimal. Mm -hmm. and, and just to kind of put it into perspective, 
is <laughs> if her husband has a 196 testosterone level, according to the United States federal government, if you're between 300 and 1200, you're fine, which is absurd. Uh, it, it, it shouldn't, it's, it's not based off of age or activity or weight. It's just some random number like the BMI scale that you see every time you go into the doctor's office, which is absolute and complete bullshit. Um, so that's, you know, that's ridiculous. And she's talking about less than 200. That's, I mean, that's, I don't even think babies have like less than two. I mean, that's like really, really low. Um, so that's, that's extremely interesting. So what kind of athletes have you, can you say some of the names of the people outside of Dallas that you've worked with? No, you can't <laughs> it's a, keep it confidential. No, but I do work with some doctors. So I will tell you, um, Dr. Donald Dennis is an ENT and he's a world renowned mold toxicity specialist. He does surgery on people with, um, and this is another type of brain injury and PTSD that people are unaware of that's happening. A silent killer, um, is mold. And he, people come from all over the world. He, we've done medical publications together. Um, he is the most well-known guy in his field and he sends his clients to me for brain rehab wow. so um, from all over so that's that's you know so dr donald dennis is kind of my you know i oh. got dr donald dennis how, so how? um but other than dallas that's the only public one because he came public um you know yeah, yeah i can't, don't want to mention that's fine know, how long of a process is this so i bring you to my house and we do this or you do it virtually how long does it take all right so standard neurotherapy program is 30 sessions so when I send you a program and, and from day one, from training one with orientation, um, it's it's a 40 days to complete 30 sessions and we do a follow-up map um, during that time. So it's it's 40 days. So in 40 days, complete turnaround. I have an autistic child that's four years old right now, um, nonverbal, and is making eye contact and communicating and going through the stages of learning to talk now. So he's wow. babbling and talking and pointing. Parents are elated. So, you know, um, that, and that happened in two weeks. And so not, but neurotherapy isn't going, isn't going to always a hundred percent of the time affect everyone the same. There are times when people are resistant to neurotherapy. It's ju- it just is the case. Like, you know, we're talking about hormones, uh, severe inflammation of the body and the brain, even if they get results, they're not going to feel those brain results when their whole body is inflamed and they're sick. Well, how long does it take just to map the brain? I'm not talking about just the whole, th- the whole therapy, 40 days, give or take, but just to- the brain map itself is only, I mean, once we set up, which, you know, that orientation is about 20 minutes, it's six minutes with your eyes open and six minutes with your eyes closed. Okay. I, I asked for, I asked for a specific reason, which I'll, which I'll okay. get to here in just a second before I get to your guys' questions. Cause I know you have questions for Julia. Uh, I'm assuming insurance does not cover any of this. No, but in at least in Georgia, that's where I am. Um, and some in Texas, um, sometimes reimbursement is possible. So people will sell file for reimbursement and often get like a fourth to a quarterback. I had one lady get three fourths of hers um, reimbursed. Now it's a fight, but if you're willing to fight it, you know, it depends on the state who your agent is that you get on the phone because the same insurance company may say yes to one and no to the other. But, so. but you would probably say that this, like my whole spiel on testosterone maintenance should be covered by insurance for all, because this yeah. obviously contributes to the longevity of a human being. Yeah. It's okay. It's a catch 22. Yes, it should be. It should be considered mainstream. The issue with insurance is it's going to cheapen it. 
you're going to have to see more people to make enough money to survive. And then your attention to the person is starts to come down. Yeah. So. Amazing how that works. Nate, do you have a question for Julia? Yeah. With, um, I see you do a lot with like ADHD, ADD. Is that something that develop that can develop or is it specifically something that you're born with and that you just kind of deal with throughout life? It depends on who you ask. I mean, I have, um, I have an old fashioned view of ADHD uh, as it stands. Um, ADHD, I believe is, is not necessarily dysfunction. It's a dysfunction in a public school or rigid setting. Um, so classic ADHD is a class clown. They have too much, um, slow brainwave in the frontal lobe. So it can be visible later in life where it wasn't managed when it was more manageable when you were young, but ultimately they find that blood flow to the frontal lobe is, um, a little less that there may be thinner, um, um, you know, vascular there. And, um, there's too much slow brainwave activity. So as babies, you have slow brainwave, like Delta and theta just kind of keeps you in your head, daydreaming, learning, you know, you're just kind of to yourself. And then as you get older, that should clear up. Um, and we used to say that, Oh, they'll grow out of ADHD. That was the old fashioned mindset. Well, now everybody has ADHD all the time, you know, even if it's anxiety and sleep disorder. So classic ADHD. No, I don't believe you can develop it later. If you have anxiety of sleep disorder, disorders. Can you get ADD? Yeah, you can have attention deficits from anything. Um, but as far as attention deficit hyperactivity, that's more of your happy go lucky class clown that can't focus jumps off the roof because they're experimenting and becomes an entrepreneur that needs a lot of aids to help them rein it all in. That's my opinion. Which brings me to Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing she just answered your question. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was wondering, uh, what do you, what do you think about, uh, Elon Musk's, uh, Neuralink device? Uh, I feel like we need to leave nature alone. So I'm not a fan at all. And I understand the positives that they've introduced with it, you know, um, in, you know, parts of the body that don't work. And I just, I'm more of a let nature be nature. And if we can naturally do something, do it. I think there are a thousand percent of the time consequences to interference like that. The brain shouldn't be messed with in that way. Um, unless it's an emergency. I mean, if it's life or death and, and that's going to help, I just don't see ultimately that, that that's going to forever be used for good. Uh, I think that that has high potential for being used for other things. So uh, call me a conspiracy theorist. I don't think we should mess with the brain. I think it's way too early to start putting that thing in people's heads. Nobody has studied the brain to the point where we understand fully the brain. Nobody. It's, it's, it's like an, it's ocean deep and we've never gotten to the bottom. That's my opinion. Maybe you can settle a back and forth debate that Nate and I have had for a very long time. I, I don't think that we use a, the, the full potential of our brain like a very small percentage. And I, and, but also with that theory is that the people on this earth that maybe do more incredible things than others or are smarter than others or the inventors or whoever, you know, the, the, the scientists, they use more of their brain than others. And it's all conditional. You can train yourself to do these things. There's some people choose not to. Is there any truth to that? There's truth to all of it. Um, so think about a small child. Um, the, the possibilities are endless when you're a child, but you don't have enough 
brain development to make those things happen. But we grow and develop neuroplasticity shapes and in, in, in our in our environment and society shapes us. And we begin to form our brain forms into the box, right, that we're perceiving or being grown up into. So that becomes a hindrance. So and and get I'm saying this in the clinical sense of um the psychedelic mushrooms that they're using in therapy, for instance, okay? It takes, it, it taps into that part of the brain that kind of it is completely uninhibited. So there's a man who, and I can't think of his name, but he discovered and, and, and wrote on and has the Nobel Prize on some molecular structure that he discovered while under psychedelics and wrote the whole thing under psychedelics because we're hindered by our environment and what we know. So... Then you have the Einstein, um, the Einstein factor where Einstein simply had more available neurons than the rest of us do. So IQ can often be uh, attributed to having more neurons available to work with, but you get into these genius level people who have more available neurons and they have no social skills. They don't clean their house. Like you have, you know, it's, it's a catch 22. So I don't know that even the people who discover, invent, and do all these wonderful things are better than you and I who are relational and can pick up on, you know, the emotions of others. So, you know, so maybe just maybe it's the percentage is just different with them. Like if if you were to look at your brain as like a, a mall and it's got a bunch of different stores, there's certain people that use the exact same percentage of your brain, but just in different stores. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Compartments, if you will. Uh, Yeah. yeah. So, Hmm. so like when you do this, this, um, what is it? Uh, psilocybin, um, mushrooms when you, and so I, I'm really behind the the study of this, by the way, that they're doing this here in North Georgia. I think that'll be the official lab. Um, but in, in clinical settings, because you can destroy your brain with it as well, but, um, it taps into those parts of your brain you're not using, right? Mm. Um, we're, we're in this, you know, executive part of our brain, we're functioning, you know, we're doing all of the things you get this other psychedelic thing going. Psychedelic just means that it, it, you know, it changes the brain. Um, but you start to release all of these flood of hormones and chemicals and things that you weren't because you're blocking all of that out. So you're, you're tapping into one of those rooms, if you will, you know, it's like the basement or whatever. I mean, and this goes back to the beginning of time, like the oracles, you know, they, they, everybody thought that they were, you know, these prophets and stuff, but they were just saying things that nobody else was saying because of the gases that were coming up underneath of them. So that there was a, essentially a drug that would be tapping into a different part of their brain for them to be yeah. saying these different things. Yes. Yeah, so, so I agree with that. So, you, so I study a lot of cultures, history. Um, I'm, um, I'm very, very faith-based and, and, and religious um, in my lifestyle, but I study all cultures and their beliefs and how they fit together. And so you have like the third eye concept. That was, there was a reason for that, you know, why they were trying to tap into the pineal gland and, you know, why that's represented everywhere. Cause those were, like you said, the oracles, the sages, the prophets, um, they could tap into something. I believe that we are inherently created with everything we need to know all things, but because of my faith, you know, my, I believe in creation. So I believe at the fall of man, we lost the 90%. That was like the punishment. You're out of the garden and you don't get to use this. So, you know, we can't, we can't tap into that. I believe it's all there. 
I think it's all there. I think we just can't use it. And we have to do things and enhance and kind of eliminate, uh, you know, societal things to be able to tap into that. So um, I think you're correct. Nikki, uh, quick question for Julia, please. How would you suggest getting somebody to open up their mind to even take a look at your program that has PTSD? Um, Because I'm military and I know some people that have severe PTSD, but I know if I said, hey, look at this program and they'd be like, no. Yeah. So people kind of have to come to the end of themselves. And if you have to force somebody to come and and they're closed off to it, they're going to find a reason that it's not going to work and it's going to kind of be in their mind. So even if it does work, they just feel defeated no matter what. And that's not something we can, you know, that we can change. Now I have been able to, I have had people come completely skeptical and their whole life changes. We have a huge success rate. Um, the, the best, um, witness for this is an experience that somebody can, um, can relate to. So, you know, testimonials mentioning it being casual, but certainly, um, my husband, the only reason he was open to it is because it was like, you're going to do this or you're going to be put into an institution somewhere. So these are your choices. Um, I had to be really tough girl, you know, I'm a street kid anyway. So, um, you know, I had that, that threat, going. Um, but yeah, it's, it's difficult. You, you really, you can say it, you can suggest it, you can keep sharing things and say, Hey, you know, I, I saw this person and and this is, but you really can't, and they have to come to that themselves. Um, mention it. And if it's meant to be that door will click something in their brain and you know, they'll want it or they'll look into it. You never know what people are going to do when, when you walk away, you don't know if they're going to get on their phone and look into it and just kind of, you know, plant a seed. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like, I don't think you can convince somebody necessarily if they're not open to it. Well, I want this to be the first of many conversations and you visiting the show. Uh, I just, uh, I'm fascinated by this. Uh, the next thing I want to do is set up an appointment for you to come over and map my brain. I, I want to see what that okay. looks like. Uh, the, the, the big idea that I'd mentioned earlier was, I'd like to set up a private event just for our audience, whether you suffer from PTSD or anything else, and you find this interesting that you could come out and meet Julia and we would do it at Nuberti, you know, the men's wellness league in Sandy Springs that I do the testosterone maintenance. So there's like a double kind of, you know, win-win mm-hmm. situation there. Yeah. They can, you know, do a quick consultation with you. They could do a quick consultation with them and see if, they need it, um, at least introduce, you know, and of course all of the, you know, the little shiny gimmicks of we'll do giveaways and we'll do all this <laughs> kind of stuff, but to, just to combine to, to, you know, I'm just yes. the vehicle here, but you guys are the stars to have both of you together in one room and have people have the opportunity to say, all right, this day, this night, I can come out and, and meet Julia. I can talk to like Diane at, at Nuberty. And, and, and see if this is what I need to get better. I, I just feel like I did something right in 2023. You know, that's, that's, that's my plan. I have a question. Um, do you guys treat women as well there? Because a lot of our women, we always recommend. So I'm, I'm recently going on hormone therapy myself. My T levels were low. I was in a fog. I gained 50 pounds in a short amount of time. Mm. As soon as I started on the hormone therapy, um, I was back to the gym. I was back to functioning. I feel good. So, and, uh, so to, to answer your to answer your question, 
I'm going to answer it like you answered when I asked you about the athletes you worked with. I have to be silent for right now. But <laughs> got it. by the time we do this, there's a good possibility. And I know exactly what you're going through. My wife is 38 years old, and she had a hysterectomy a couple of years ago, and her hormone, she's all in balance. She's that poor girl has mm-hmm. been going, and nothing has worked. Yeah. So she's ready she we're in the beginning stages of her doing what you're talking about um, be, because of the success stories that we've heard to uh, awesome. as well. All right. Neurotherapy center, USA.com is the website, Julia Ferris. Uh, thank you so much for your time. This was a good initial conversation to get everybody kind of knowledgeable that you exist, that this is what you do, that there nice. is, is an alternative as far as help in this, in this area. I'm a big fan of the brain. I'm not smart enough to do what you do, but I'm a big fan of the brain. And, and, and I think that it's, it's a superpower. It's this supercomputer that we don't even know how to use. Um, that's just my theory. Say one thing on the website, it's neurotherapy centers with an ass neurotherapy centers USA. So if they try to go the other one, they won't make it. You should buy both URLs because it looks like cent. It is cent- it centers with an S, right? Yeah. Yeah. Centers. I think that, I think the other one may have been um, not available at, or like two thousand dollars, and I was like, hey, I'm good. Or you should go neurotherapy <laughs> neurotherapy center with an S USA dot com. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for coming on. We'll talk soon. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Bye bye. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. I know every year you say you're going to do something about your health, right, dudes? Uh, Well, this year has to be the year. The older you get, you lose a lot of time. Menswellnessleague.com. That's the website for Nuberty's Men's Wellness uh, League in Sandy Springs, Georgia. I've been doing testosterone maintenance, as you hear, all the time for over two years, and I feel great. I just want you to feel great. I want you to look great. I want you to feel great about yourself, and I want you to stay on this earth for just a little bit longer, right? How about the Wellness Combine for only 99 bucks? Because you're a 2%er, that's $200 off the regular price. Plus, if you sign up, you're going to get a complimentary vitamin cocktail valued at 150 bucks. Just make sure you mention in the BS when you sign up, you schedule that call, menswellnessleague.com. You're the only person I'm going to say this to. Feel free to call my wife. 404-797-4600. That's if you're looking to buy or sell a house because she's a realtor and that's why I'm here to tell you how great she is and how awesome she's going to be for you. She's a realtor with Coldwell Banker, Rachel Guy. She's your guy and she's my wife and she's awesome. 404-797-4600. You can also get a hold of her. I am rachelguy at gmail.com. And back to you, Jason. If I have to listen to another conversation about how the University of Georgia Bulldogs won uh, the other night, I'm going to jump off a cliff. Especially old people talking about it. There's a difference between old people having the conversation and young people having it. The old people... I, I actually think I like the young people talking about it better. The old people, it's excruciating. Why? <laughs> um, because it just never ends. Like, they, 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 they just don't want to stop talking about it. Does any football conversation ever end? That's one of the things that drove me nuts when I worked in an office, is that's all you guys did was talk about you. football. You, I am a football fan, but you will never hear me go, oh, 
Can't believe we won with the field goal the other night. We did not do anything. They did that. <laughs> I was not there, nor am I a part of that team. We, that, that's the other thing, is the older generation is we this, we, we like they're part of the team. When they, when they lose, it wasn't, God, we just couldn't get it there. It was, I can't believe they didn't block the punt or whatever. But when they win, is I knew we were going to block the punt. <laughs> <laughs> the younger generation are a little bit shorter with the conversation and, and and it's cool to be excited for your team. I'm not beating up on you for your team. I, I It's not my thing. But, you know, like seeing all these videos of people jumping around and it's, you know. I I've mean, listened to hours yeah. on top of hours, on top of hours in a work day of people talking about football. Like, it's never ending. It's never ending. Young and old. It's excruciating. Here's something for you. So, if you're a dog fan, right, and you're, and you're female – for the last couple days, or throughout the season, really, right? You're proud to be a dog. But if yeah. you were to see that girl on the street and call her a dog, she would probably get pissed off at you. So if you're in the South and you look to, you go to a woman and go, you are a beautiful dog, then I think you can get away with it versus going, God, you're an ugly dog. You know what I'm saying? It's just weird. I've never seen so many women proud to be called dogs. Like growing yeah. up, you know, as, as a kid growing up, that's what you would call women when they're ugly. Dogs. You're a dog. You're a dog. God, that girl's a dog. You know, but now they're proud to be dogs. It was just weird, you yeah. know. <laughs> it's like, I can call me it, but you can't call me it. It's yeah. like their N word. <laughs> it was, it was kind of cool, though, how the kicker for Ohio State missed right at the, the strike of midnight. That was pretty cool. Yeah. That was kind of neat. That was, yeah, that was yeah, the I, I didn't see like it, like replays or anything up close. So, can you tell what happened? Did did he just shank it? Did the the just, holder hold it weird? Or? No, he just he just he got tight. He, he just got tight. Because it it was like rotating sideways. So I was I don't even know how you can kick it like that when you're coming in at that angle. It just seemed like something messed up. He just got tight. That's all. I mean, just not even close. Just way missed it. But in that football game, as a football fan. I think I saw the best football play of any football game, college or pro. And that was that uh, white receiver. Was it Bowers is his name? I think he's number 19, where he gets that first down. If he wouldn't have gotten that first down, the game would the game would not have gone the way it went. But the, the way that kid was able to stretch, keep his feet, I mean, that's just next-level athleticism. Uh, that, that, that kid earned himself a nice payday in the NFL because of that one catch. I mean, that was amazing. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, he's, I, I, I can't believe that the football world is not talking about that catch more. And they'll talk about, you know, when OBJ catches in one hand or something like that, they'll talk about that damn thing for weeks. This catch was way better. The, the play itself was way better than an OBJ one-handed catch. That's cool. That looks good vanity-wise. It's neat. Don't get me wrong. But for you to have the concentration of being tackled, pushed out of bounds, but to keep your foot in bounds and stretch for the first down and know your presence on the field, to have that kind of control and be able to contort your body like that, wow, that's amazing. That is like literally the best football player I've ever seen. Well, people are saying that it, it, should, it was a botched call and it shouldn't have been a catch because something about 
the rules if when you cross the sideline, if there's not <laughs> forward motion or something like that, and they're saying that that cost the entire game with that one call, I guess. Well, they're all not Georgia fans, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably a lot of Alabama fans and a lot of Ohio yeah. State fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then just to kind of get under the skin of some of these older fellows that I hear talking about the Georgia game, I'll tell them, I was like, yeah, I can't wait for TCU to beat them. And like, not like I, I don't know anything about TCU. You know, I know they're, they're purple and yeah, orange. Just trying to get a rise out of them. Well, no, I, I, I will root for as long as they have four teams in the college football playoffs. Whatever the four spot is, I'm rooting for. I don't care who it is. Why? Because they're the underdog. I always root for the underdog. I love the underdog. You're a traitor. You're supposed to root for the Georgia. Dogs, Why am I a traitor? Not the underdogs. You live here. You root for your team. I, my team is UCF. That's my. I think your team should be the team you went to school at. That's that. a lot of people didn't go to school, so well, they you, can't have a team. No, no. You root for your home team where you are. Yeah, you gotta root for your middle school. <laughs> right. That's right. Your your games are on Friday night. <laughs> now for the pros, it's where you live, or you have to have a story. You know, you like you grew up, you know, I've got a story why I'm a Redskins or a Commanders fan, because growing up, I had to pick a team as a kid. And it was either the Baltimore Colts or the Washington Redskins. And the Colts were horrible and the Redskins were good. So I picked the Redskins. It's just that simple. And 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 that was it, you know. Um, so that's why I'm, you know, you could that's for the pros. It's different than college. But I don't think you can just because you live somewhere. You got no, like, I don't care about UGA. I really don't. You know, that's why it was so hard for me when I did sports talk radio. Like, I never talked to college football. I'm not even a big college football fan. And I played the damn sport. But I'm not even a fan. So, they were like, you, you gotta, you, you gotta, you gotta talk college football more. I was like, I know. I just don't know how to do it. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. <laughs> I said, I, like, what do you mean you don't know how to do it? You're a host of a sports talk show. I go, I know. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> so we had this meeting with this guy that wanted to come on the show and just kind of take over. And he's like, you got to talk college, SEC football. You're in the South. Yeah. So here's my idea. Um, what's the, uh, what's the, the song from the Go-Go's? Um, it was so stupid. We're sitting at this like table, this restaurant that was closed. And he goes, here's the idea. We're going to take the song from the Go-Go's and we're going to talk SEC football. And I forget what the tie-in was, but it was like, it was like a real stretch. What are some of the big Go-Go songs? Maybe I could. Uh, our lips are sealed. No. We got the beat. Yes, that was it. We got the beat, and it was the SEC football beat. <laughs> we got. So he's like, we're gonna play. We're, you know, and this guy and I are friends now and stuff. But like at that, I, and I've never told him this to his face, but it was just horrible. I'm sitting there, like, yeah, and we're gonna play the Go Go's. We got the beat. <laughs> we're gonna talk about for college football. Like, get him out of here now. Leave. Just go home. Leave the room. Come back with a different idea. That was horrible. Absolutely horrible. So anyway, uh, still looking for a car on Facebook Marketplace. Uh, what happened with my guy? Who's your guy? The Gainesville guy. Oh, oh, yeah. So I got talked out of that. So you didn't even go up there? No, he was the best one, too, as far as talking wow. to. Yeah, so uh, I, I was making an appointment to go up and see this car. And... We were scheduling a time. He was going to meet me in a public's parking lot. Uh, 
and then we were going to take the car to a mechanic. So I was trying to schedule an appointment for a mechanic. So I learned, you know, this is, again, educational process. I've learned a lot through this short period of time of trying to buy what you call a cash car. Cash car, yep. You know, a couple thousand dollars, something reliable, last couple years maybe. Get my mother up and down the street to the grocery store. That's all I needed for. Looks pretty decent. Yeah. So uh, this guy had a 2001 Ford Taurus, like station wagon. Yeah, with 100,000 miles on it. Yeah, 103,000 miles on it. It was low. Says it's had four owners. I paid this Carfax thing, so I'm in for 70 bucks already. So I, I did the Carfax thing. Had four owners. He's the last one. Says so a college kid. He just used it to putz around town. But I believe him, 103 miles. Mm-hmm. No major incidents, accidents, or anything like that. So I started to call mechanics, and I talked to uh, this one mechanic. Did I tell you about that? I feel like I've told this story. Did I tell you about the mechanic story? No. I yeah, you told. It. Yeah, you told me. I think. I, 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 but I didn't say it on the show. Mm, I don't think so. Uh, he well, I I made the I know I made the comparison of he was like Chris Farley in Wayne's World. He was just so knowledgeable about everything, and he was such a good talker. And I stayed on the phone with this guy for like twenty some minutes, and he talks. He and another mechanic who wasn't as good of a talker, um, but both of them very knowledgeable of their field, obviously mechanics, and they both talked me out of it. They said, "Oh." One guy's like, sir, I got to tell you, you do not want to buy this 2001 Ford Taurus. They are notorious for bad transmissions. So if it hasn't gone bad yet, I'm telling you, it's going to go bad here in a minute. And then you're going to be in for three times what you paid for the car. (laughs) And then I talked to the other guy and he was like, hey, man, you don't want to get that car. I've just seen too many transmission come in here, man. I was like, okay. So I decided against it. Because of those two guys. I listened to them. I took advice. Yeah, but they didn't even check out the condition of the car or the transmission to say that it was going bad. Well, I, then I Googled it. And Google said the, the Ford Tauruses between the years of like 2001 and 2005 are notorious for bad trans, uh, transmission. It's funny. We believe Google, but I just told you two mechanics that do this for a living told me the same thing. And it's, well, they, they don't know. But if you were to go to Google, you're going to listen to everything Google says. I'm not saying don't listen to them. I'm just saying <laughs> I would have I would have gotten the car and at least ran it because you could you could took the car to AutoZone and let them run the test and tell you if anything's wrong with it. Yeah, I could have. So yeah, they, AutoZone does that too. Yeah, but like you don't even have to have an appointment. You don't. You, no, you just take the car, let them run the test, and they could have told you if the transmission's going bad or looks bad, and then you could have been like, "All right, now nah, I'm not going to do it." But you didn't even do nothing, so well, you don't know that the transmission was even bad. It scared me. I was oh scared. My goodness, I was scared. So, so now I'm trying to find. You know, there's other places, and and I'm like, I don't want to drive. 40 minutes, 50 minutes, 60 minutes. If you're going to drive that far, you're going to buy the vehicle. So then you got to bring the cash with you. Uh, and then what if I don't buy it? Then I have like, you know, four or $5,000 on me. It's just, I don't know. It's just, it's very. Come home and put it in your safe. It's very inconvenient. I got to tell you. Or just hide it. It's very inconvenient. So I'm trying to find a place close to me. And every, it seems like everybody has the same M.O., Whenever I message somebody, they I message, is this still available? And they message me back, are you still interested? Now, I'm guessing that's a automated canned reply, right, from, mm-hmm. from Facebook. Mm-hmm. 
but they all say the same thing. Like they're all part of one network of scammers versus <laughs> I know if I were selling a car and somebody says, is this still available? I would reply back with something a little bit more inviting. Like, yes, it is. Do you have any other questions for me? I wouldn't reply back with the canned response. So that then tells me, makes me think that they're bots. So you're only going on Facebook Marketplace? Yeah, I don't know where else to go. Craigslist has a whole thing set up where you uh, can go look for cars. I don't know cars. about Craigslist. That's, that's scammier than Facebook. That's where I bought both of mine from. Uh, what's that? That's where I bought both of mine from. Hold on, Nate. What do you think? Craigslist? I mean, I don't know. I've never, I've never bought a car off Craigslist. I wouldn't say it's bad because I don't know, but you know, Craigslist is kind of sketch in some some areas. <laughs> yep. Buy a car, Here, get laid all the same day. Two thousand four Honda Accord, fifty seven hundred dollars. There's this guy over in my neighborhood. He's a dealer. He buys cars just like these cars, and then he just sells them right out of his front yard. And he has good cars. Well, you live next to a guy that sells cars in his front yard. I don't live next to him. He's just in my area. And I know. Well, why don't you ask him if he's got a car for me? I mean, we're not friends. I don't go ring his doorbell. I'm just saying he sells no. his cars, though, on on Craigslist. Oh. Well, like another thing I learned is that there are dealerships that aren't, you know, like the top of the line dealerships, the one where mm -hmm. they have the people's name on the side of the building. Yep. And then they're not Facebook Marketplace. There's like the middle of the road dealerships. And I ran across and they, they're usually not in nicer parts of town. Uh, or they're in smaller parts of town. So we were back up in Gainesville the other day at this house that my wife is selling to uh, some two percenters. And we passed it. And it was like a nice little dealership that had what I was looking for. You know, the only problem when you buy it through a dealership is that you want to charge you tax, tag, and title and all that stuff. Right. I don't need that because I'm not signing the title. I'm literally putting it in the mail and sending it to my mother. So if you go to the conundrum. right one, you can probably get around that, though. You think so? Yep. Well, have Rach do it. We'll have her wear a low-cut shirt. What is it? I think it's called the Three Amigos. They'll probably. <laughs> the Three Amigos. That is really the name of it. It's on it's a dealership? Um, Buford Highway, I think. <laughs> <laughs> they might not make you pay it. I've become very profile-esque. During this process, <laughs> they're just certain profiles on Facebook that I am not messaging. <laughs> <laughs> and I got another email scam, you know, like the one I told you uh, on last episode where, you know, it was the old lady that was in the hospital and, and whatnot. Uh, well, oh, yeah. Yeah. So so here's the here's the scam that I've learned. And now it's kind of become a game, right, where you so you message the person about the vehicle. They instantly message you back and they say, Hey, I'm just selling it for a friend, but you can email them here, which is weird. If you want to make sure that it's a scam, reply back with a thumbs up and the same message will come back to you. <laughs> so every time you message them, that message comes back to you. So it's, it's just a, it's an automated thing. It's somebody that set up an account. They're not even monitoring it. They have this, they have this automated response. They send it to you, and then you email the person. So, of course, I emailed the person. I emailed the person. I said, I'm interested in the, the car, blah, blah, blah. And they, they, they're very patient. They don't, they're not overly anxious. And they wait, and then they will finally respond. And this one was, a, it's always a woman, right? 
So you feel safer because it's human nature. Mm-hmm. And the, this woman is serving in our military, fighting hard for our military. And she's, uh, somebody's got health problems and anything that you could possibly <laughs> think that was wrong is wrong. And you know what? I think I just deleted the email too. I can't believe I didn't save it for this conversation, but yeah. So everything you can think was wrong was wrong. And, uh, but she's in the military and all you got to do is send the money to this Facebook thing. And then she, but she's very detail oriented. Like some of the things that she said on the, like, like it, like how do you, how can somebody read this and not know that it's a scam? Blows me away. Because some of the, the verbiage, the wording in this is just, it's just too much. You know, like there's unneeded, unnecessary words that are in there. So, I'd, Well, this, you, you messaged them though. <laughs> well, yeah, I messaged them because I knew it was a scam. So, oh, here it is. Let me see. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, here, let me read it to you. So this is from me. Hello, I'm interested in your car. Is it still available? Amanda. Hello, my name is Amanda, and I'm emailing you about a 2008 Nissan Altima 2.5 SL with a gasoline engine. Who says that? (laughs) (laughs) And they're not emailing me. I'm emailing them. They're responding to my email. So, yeah. right. I mean, this is, this is where this third world country shit comes into play, uh, with a gasoline engine. Well, thanks for clarifying. I appreciate that. It's a gasoline engine, automatic transmission, and only 86,549 miles never had or needed any paint slash body work done. Garaged, garaged, keep always. Okay. Oh, kept. No, 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 no. Garage keep always. <laughs> Without any mechanical problems. Fires and wheels are in great shape as well. Electrical is working perfectly. The engine, comma, 2.5 liter, 175 HP horsepower, runs very well with the automatic transmission shifts perfectly. Who writes like this? (laughs) Like, even if you're selling a car, you don't write like this. Has if a, you're from another country, you would. Right. It's, if you're trying to scam me out of money in a in a in an internet coffee shop, yeah, absolutely you are. Has oh, it, oh yeah. I mean, it's definitely a scam. But there are people that are from other countries that sell cars for a business uh, online, so they would probably not have the right translation. But yeah, that one's clearly a scam. So you think that there are people in other countries selling cars in the United States on Facebook? No, they're from they're they live here or oh, they, they live oh, there. They I see just, what you're saying. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, because it, it's an easy way for a foreigner to make money is they they kind of flip cars basically. Has a clean and clear U.S. title in my name, and there are no liens or loans on it. This car was used by my husband who died four months ago. There you go, zing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the price was reduced at a thousand dollars because I'm in a hurry to find a buyer. Zing. I need to sell it before the 15th of next month, zing, when I will be leaving on military duty with my medical team out of the country for a year and do not want to store it. Ding, ding, ding. Hate to sell it, but it's not worth keeping insurance and paying storage fees for a year. If you're interested, I can send you more pics. They've never sent me a pic. So I don't know how you send me more pics if you haven't sent me a pic. Well, I just found you a Toyota Camry that only has 41,000 miles on Whoa. it, and they're selling it for $3,500. Scam. Too good to be true. They got pictures. Woof. I got pictures. 
stuff. It's not true. <laughs> so I, well, I heard that the, uh, the rear view mirrors and the Camrys go out between the years of 2007 and 12. So I mean, probably should not get that one. So, so, so I, I'm, I'm like, okay, I, I'm curious now how, how far I can take this. So I reply back to this person. I said, yes, please. Where are you located? Starts out as I've told you in my first email, I'm in the army with my medical military medical team. And right now I'm in a military base. <laughs> we are training, getting ready to leave the country before leaving. I had prearranged the deal with eBay services. So my presence isn't necessary. The delivery process will be managed by me. I think I can have it there at your home address within two to three working days. It will come with a clear title and registration and everything is working perfectly. You will have five days to test and inspect the car. During that five days testing period, I will not be getting any money. Money will stay at eBay until you decide to keep or not the car. I need to know if you are interested so I can ask eBay to send you the details on this deal. If interested, please include your next email, your contact information for eBay, full name, shipping address, and phone number, and we can get the ball rolling. Which was social security, weird. social security number too. Yeah, the, get the ball rolling was a weird line because that doesn't fit with any of the other lingo that they're you know the ball rolling is normal, everything else is not. So that was kind of odd. God bless you and your family. Looking forward to hearing from you. So a couple zing zings in there too. And they send me pictures of this beautiful car, beautiful car, and I reply back, I'm not interested. So that's what I've been dealing with the whole time. Well, yeah. I just emailed this person about this Camry. And if I go get this car for you, go ahead and thank me. I will. I will. It's just I, I don't have I don't have the bones for it. I just messaged them. No. It's a perfectly good car. It looks like it's in good conditions. You're gonna take it to the auto zone for me too? Yep. Oh boy. This is good. <laughs> Wait, you're doing this to prove a point that cash cars do exist. I sure am. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't think they, I, I, I honestly think every person selling a car on Facebook marketplace is a scam. I, that's, that's the conclusion that I've come to. They all are scammers. And if they're not scammers, they're brokers that aren't being honest with you. Like they'll give you a price. And then once you read in the fine print, it'll say down payment, you know, so it's not real. Oh Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like they work for a small dealership or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then, then when you get there, the the price gets you know they do their little dealership thing and stuff. I mean, it's actually kind of a a fun. I mean, if you've got time on your hands and you like to watch people do this kind of stuff, it's kind of fun in a in a weird way. Like I'll just randomly, like I'll be sitting at my desk and I'll be doing some work for the show or whatnot. I'm like, you know what? I think I want to shoot one of these scammers a message. And I'll go into Facebook and I'll just hit the. Is this still interested? Send just to. Just to have the conversation, just because I, you know, it's crazy. So many people get scammed on a daily basis in this country. Like we don't have a department of scammers, right? There's no, there's no law enforcement on a, on a local level that handles this stuff. Like if I were to get scammed and go to the Roswell police department, they'd be like, we'll look into it. They don't have, they don't have the manpower. They don't have the time, nor do they care. Nobody's life is in jeopardy. You just trusted somebody, which you should never do. You know, DTA, don't trust anyone. True. That would be a really good service, right? The st- yeah, it's called the FTC. You, you call the FTC and you report the scam and they investigate it. What's the FTC? I thought those were the people with the flowers with the guy that ran. Yeah, the Federal Trade Commission. Oh, oh, Federal Trade Commission. What am I thinking of? 
Who's the yeah, guy? Who's the guy with the flowers? It's like an FTD. Um, FTD. FTS. STD. STD. No. <laughs> LOL. BMW. A okay. You too. I don't know. Uh, FTD. Yeah, but what is the again the FTC? What are they going to do? You know, it's like the Better Business they, they Bureau. They investigate it. They they don't investigate it. They say. Oh that. yeah, they do that. Yeah, like any any consumer report scams and stuff. That's like a big part of what they do. But who knows? You know what actually happens from that? Can we find? Can can we all? collaborate here and find somebody that either works for the FTC or deals with scams. I'd really like to talk to him about it. You know, that's why I always wanted to be an investigative reporter. I, I love stuff like this, you know, to find these people and then talk to these people and ask what their situation. Oh, another thing I learned with this process is that uh, a lot, a lot of people on there are young people. So I don't necessarily know if they're scammers or not, but they're hustlers. There's no doubt about that. And they're, you know, if you go to their profile, they just have a bunch of vehicles listed. And so maybe that's how they're making cash for something else. I have no idea. And then there's the other profile with the really good looking foreign girls that are selling these cars. Hmm. You know, damn well, they're not selling these cars. But they're no. really hot. And they'll have a bunch of pictures of cars sold and then a couple of them with the boob shot, you know, from up above. And, like, <laughs> they're getting ready to go party and stuff. I'm like, God, these guys are good. <laughs> because there's going to be some horny dude that's like, I, I, I want to buy a car from... Oh, I messaged one of the hot girls. And she replies back in Spanish. And I reply back, I don't speak Spanish. Mm. And I forget what she said after that. Like, you should or something like that. I don't know. So maybe she's real, though. <laughs> maybe you should. Yeah. This this is, uh, this guy's asking me to come out today. See, now I'm going to die today. He's like, he's like, bring your passport and the deed to your house. <laughs> where are you located? See, now on Facebook, it says he's in Roswell, where I live. Mm -hmm. Now, we'll see if that's, if that's the case. But this is the first guy that's asked me to come out. I, I like that. Yeah, because you know they're for real. Yeah. And the name is not too bad. I know it sounds horrible, doesn't it? How many vowels? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much it. If you got a Z, Y, or an X in your name, I ain't coming. <laughs> it's not happening. So, like, that one looks like a good name, right? That looks like a legit name. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Jalen. <laughs> That's my cousin's name. Yeah. Jalen's a legit name. But some of these other names... Oh boy, knuck knuck, zimbuk nuk nuk. You know, I mean, just weird. Like you couldn't even, you couldn't even come close to pronouncing it. That's how off they are. <laughs> so I keep bringing this story up because it's an ongoing storyline. Uh, the start of my 2023, the last good deed I need to do for my mother, uh, at least for right now. Again, this car is for her, but I do it like why we post on Facebook to archive our lives. I do this so you know what happened to me if I don't show up to the next show. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> so this is, uh, uh, oh, he's located in Alpharetta. Okay. And he's up early, you know, while the time we're recording this. That, that goes a long way, too. If I message somebody early, you know, I get up at 6.30, 7 o'clock, I message you and you don't get back to me by 9 a.m., that means you're not up and working by 9 a.m., I don't want anything to do with you. You're lazy. Hmm. Or he's at work. Well, this would, would be, well, you can still message people. It takes two. I mean, obviously, you're not even messaging them. You're just hitting the auto reply. You can do that. 
That's not that big of a deal. So we'll see. Right. Hopefully it goes well. Good luck. Yeah. Well, I think I'm gonna go. I'll, I'll go out there and I'll, I'll wait for your guy. Did you send a picture of well, your breasts to the the guy in Craigslist? No, oh. I just messaged him. I'm waiting to see what he says back. He messages back a lot faster if you send a picture of your breasts. My boobs don't have the same luster anymore as they used to. Oh, that's not true. They're they still giant buoys. No. You should be proud of your breasts. I'm not. Yeah. You, you want the, the first one? thing I'm going to do when I get some money is fix myself. What are you going to fix yourself? What's wrong with you? Because I'm botched right now. He botched me. What do you mean he botched you? One of my boobs is bigger than the other one. He took my nipples and put them in some weird location. <laughs> They're not symmetrical. They look horrible. Is that why you keep uh, itching your back? Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh She's gosh. nipping out on top. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like the road warriors. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you sue him for malpractice? I'm not going to sue him. I'm just going to get it fixed. I will tell you from this angle, not to be a creep or anything, but you look fine. Yeah, because you can't see them. You only see my clothes. So have you had, inter- like when you have intercourse, I know you have. When you have sex with a man, are you a little bit weirded out about how you look now? Like, yeah. Do you, you keep your shirt on and stuff? I mean, I don't keep my shirt on because dudes don't care. They just care that boobs are there. They don't care what they look like. But I don't like it. I used to feel very proud of myself. Now I don't. Well, you weren't proud before. That's why you had it done. No, I was proud before. I just wanted them a little bit smaller. But my my boobs were beautiful. And now they're botched. Yeah. Now they look like. I think you're too hard on yourself. No. I really do. I I look like a science project. Well, from the outside, you're a very attractive woman. And and I I don't, I think you're too hard on yourself. I I really do. I think you carry your weight well. I think you carry your chest well. Um, I like your natural hair. That's me personally. I know you got to do the wigs. It's whatever. But. (laughs) I, I think I, I'm I'm trying to be a positive motivator for you, and I'm not Thank saying you. I'm not saying it just to be, you know, whatever. I, I really honestly feel that I, I think you're you're fine just the way you are. Thank you. I, I I don't have a problem with how I look. I just think my breasts are horribly botched, and I want them fixed. Okay. Well, I don't know what they look like underneath the shirt, nor do I want to see them. But from the outside, they look fine. Well, thank you. They look like just normal boobies. Yep. Right, Nate? Just normal. They're Nikki boobies. Like, that's what we expect. Like, if Nikki were to come in with, like, smaller boobies, we'd be like, who are you? Or she'd come in, like, all rail She did. (laughs) That's how how this started. (laughs) That is true. Very true. If you, if you get them redone, are you going to the same guy or you got a new one? Heck no. I'm going to go somewhere completely different. I want to get on the show botched. I'm trying to figure out how to write in or whatever. I want to get on the show. You got to send them pictures of your boobies. I know. Yeah. I got to start the process. You know, people, um, I've known people that have gone to Mexico for their surgery because it's a lot cheaper. Yeah, I actually have a friend that's going because I told her I was going for my birthday. She's going for her birthday, but she's going to go get her teeth done. Yeah, there's a a lot of Americans. Mm -hmm. I knew somebody that went down there for breast cancer treatment, for chemotherapy, because it was a lot cheaper. The the person I don't think had health insurance, and they went down there, and it was so much cheaper. The big difference, though, if you go down there and you do something with your breast in Mexico, from what I understand... There's been women that have said that when we come back, they make like this weird noise. So I don't know. If, I think they put the maracas that they use in their breasts <laughs> in order to 
make them yeah. larger? Is Look that true? Nate's true. Face. Well, there actually there's actually candy in there because um, oh. you know they just they stuff it with the pinata stuffings. Right. That's so. When if you have a guy that tries to motorboat you, he's going to see Laffy Taffy's come out. <laughs> <laughs> like Nikki D hanging from the ceiling with her boobs. The guy's just going blah, 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 and candy's going everywhere. Yeah. She's lactating tequila. <laughs> These are Mexican titties. <laughs> Well, I think you're fine, but if there's anything we can do to help, maybe we can get a uh, a sponsor that's, um, you know. Oh, that would be cool. I messaged you the other night, and you didn't message me back about you doing a segment, especially now that we're doing the BS three times a week. We got, you know, open Wednesday. We got two segments that we can do something and get a sponsor for. We already got it. No, we don't. Not on Wednesdays. Oh, I mean, we already have. I mean, we already we had already talked about it. Yeah, but we, like we got to start it. Okay. You, I mean, you got to say, Jason, I'm ready to go. Okay. I got to do imaging. I got to do the whole thing. I don't even know what we talked about. You don't either. Look I do you. know what we talked about. <laughs> what did my, we talk about? We were doing my vague booking um, bit. I got a name and everything for it already. Okay. You got you took notes on it or something? Yeah, I got to find. I don't believe any of that stuff. Do you? I do. <laughs> Nate, do you not remember? Because Nate's the one who helped me come up with the name. I don't think Nate, you're on mute. I don't think I don't think Nate was uh, a part of this. Yeah. Yes, he was. No, I was. I came up with the name. Yeah. I couldn't tell you what it is, but you know we're I always in our it. memory. Apparently. <laughs> I have the name. <laughs> All right, good, good. I'm glad you wrote it down. Vegs list. Is that what we came up with? <laughs> no. <laughs> Veg list. Uh, yeah, remember we're doing the BS now three times a week. We change things up in the new year. Um, probably after this week or next week, I'll, I'll stop saying it. I mean, you, you guys will figure it out, but this is what you wanted. You know, I mean, the first year, the success that we had last year was great, but one thing we learned is, and I mean, you would openly talk about this on social media is that you like the Monday and Friday shows because they're more like radio shows. I know a lot of my audience is radio listeners. I get it. Uh, so, you know, you get the guests, you get the, the long segments and all that kind of stuff. So we decided to do that. You know, eventually it might go to four days and five days, you know, who knows? Um, or it might change. I, I don't know. But as of right now, that's what we're doing. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And, you know, for you premium two percenters like today, you'll get or you've probably already gotten um, the uh, private link for the full length video shows. So I think I'm going to send those out on Wednesdays. And I don't know what show it's going to be, but that's another thing that you requested. So, you know, it's trial and error. We're listening to what you're saying and what you're wanting, and we're trying to appease that. So we're giving you the longer shows. We're giving you the full-length video shows. And I'd like to do that for every show for you premium two percenters, you know, the ones that subscribe every month. Uh, but we need to find a sponsor in order to do that because you got to pay the video guy. So if anybody wants to sponsor the videos... You know, please let me know and we can go from there. But you'll get a whatever email you signed up for is the email that it's being sent. So whatever email that you signed up for on Spotify or Anchor um, to be a premium two percenter, you're going to check that. If you don't see it in there, it's in your spam. I promise you, whatever that email is, I have it. And if it's not in your inbox, it's in your spam. It's somewhere in your world. You just got to you got to search for it. So, uh, so that's pretty cool. We got that. I think that'll go over well. And then you're going to get the bonus content on all three shows, which is after the outro, which we're about to play here, you know, we got more show to do. And in this case, we're going to play a whodunit because here in Atlanta, just the other day, there was a fire.
Boom, boom, boom. To a radio station's antenna. A radio station that we know very well. <laughs> I think we should speculate. Out of all the firings that they've had over the past year or so, who would possibly, if anyone, would go up to the top of the West End, very high in the sky, and burn the antenna that faces the wrong way? Uh, <laughs> we'll have that conversation here after the outro podcast, the BS.com, uh, follow, like, share our content on social media. All that stuff is there on the website. If you'd like to be a sponsor, you can sign up podcast, the shoot us an email. We'll get right back to you. Uh, the top three playlists are up there. Uh, we have a shop. We're getting ready to add another shop. We got so much stuff going on the website. So please take a visit to it. If you haven't been there lately, Nate, what do you got before we get out? If you got a car, call Jason. Yeah, please. Nikki. If you want a new host for Unsolved Mysteries, call Jason. Ooh, I like that too. Mm-hmm. As always, thanks for listening. You premium two percenters keep listening after the outro. We got more content for everybody else. Uh talk to you today. Bye bye. Get off my lawn. It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now. Please share, like, and support podcastbs.com. It's better than radio. Now, get out of here.